Blog Talk Radio.
Uh, you warned us, Lord Jesus, in Matthew 24, Luke 13, and, and uh, I'm sorry, Mark 13 and Luke 21, that the days that we're in right now are going to be incredibly, I mean, unspeakably confusing. And, um, and they are. They truly are. And so we just ask you, Father, to help us to divorce ourselves, disconnect ourselves, unplug that wire, and spend more time in your presence, more time in your word, um, and just, you know, anoint us. Anoint us, and please, if, if it is at all possible, Father, please pour out a double portion anointing of the Holy Spirit gift of discernment as we progress further into the days that we well, are going to be subject to. The desert period, if you will, of what we hope is going to be part, you know, ultimately your bride. Many are called, few are chosen. We pray, Lord, Father, Jesus, please, if there is anything in our hearts, anything that we need to adjust, any behaviors, any thoughts, any anything that is not in utter purity and synchronicity, harmony, utter harmony with your obedience, Father, we pray that you will adjust. Help us. Just help us. Help us. Lift us up. Lord Jesus, we pray. We know that you are our advocate. We know that you are advocating for us even now. We just ask you, please, in the name of Jesus and in accordance with the promises of Mark 11, verse 23, and, and according to the promises that, uh, that, that are all over the New Testament, but I will call out also John 14, 12, 13, and 14, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. We are here. We obviously, according to Psalm 139, verse 16, and Ephesians 2, 10, that we have work to do, that we are to walk in those works, that you have written in our books, and we're going to need help. We are absolutely going to need your help, and, I'm, uh, and, and we need it now. We need that double portion, that outpouring of love, that outpouring of faith, and that outpouring of discernment to fall upon us right now and to just overwhelm us. Help us to know when we need to unplug. Help us to know when we need to spend time away from the lies of, of uh, Joseph Goebbels and that which was, which was practiced by some of the darkest and most satanic entities that have ever existed on this planet during World War II which we see manifesting right now before our eyes. But yet at the same time, it is done, it is orchestrated so unbelievably well that essentially the vast majority of the world is getting sucked into the whirlwind of the lie. And Father, we don't pretend to assume at all that there are not lies coming from virtually every direction. And all we know is that we're in that whirlpool of lies. And we just want to be in the presence of your truth. Not our perception of the truth, but your truth. Because you, our Lord Jesus, are the only truth. The way, the truth, and the life. And we want that life more than anything. And if, there, if it is at all possible, Father, we pray that each and every one of us will make the barley harvest the first watch. Luke 12, 35, 36, and 37, we praise your holy name and thank you. Thank you for showing that to us. If those days of acceleration are upon us, we pray that we are each ready and found worthy to escape all these things. In accordance with thy will, thy will be done. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you, Father. And now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling, our Lord Jesus. Oh, we pray, oh Lord, we praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus, for continuing to stable, stabilize and straighten out our path. In accordance with Proverbs 3, 5, even though we still struggle, help us not to struggle. Give us that strength that you promised us in Isaiah 40, 31. Now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling, Lord Jesus, we pray that you will. 
and present us faultless someday. Oh, Lord, we pray that we are found that worthy of the tax collector and not the Pharisee. Oh, before the glory of our Father with exceeding joy, and to you, Father God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, dominion, majesty, and power. Praise your name. Oh, hallelujah, both now and forever. Amen. God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> I mean, really, what can you say about the things that are happening out there? And I suspect because of the um, extreme effectiveness of the lies and the manipulation of the propaganda engine that is taking place across the world that, I mean, wow, in my opinion, now I'm a little bit of an expert on World War II, um, don't really know I'm, just, I'm not even going to speculate. I'm just going to say that I have spent an astonishing amount of time studying World War II. Anyway, Joseph Goebbels was their propaganda expert. And, um, yeah, what we're seeing today is, have you seen the movie Wag the Dog yet? It was a 1997 flick, and um, it's fascinating. I pulled up, uh, I wanted to see if I could, you know, if it's still around and I could get a DVD of it and et cetera and all that kind of stuff. I was looking at the comments. Uh, under Amazon Prime's, you know, Prime Video's uh, description of Wagyu Talk. And uh, it's fascinating because the people, are it's right on the money. They're dead on the money. There's a lot of people that are woken up to these things uh, in a big, big way. They're just, the problem is, of course, that the propaganda engine that is taking place across the world is so powerful. And I'm not, uh, and please, you know, all parties involved in any kind of police action, war situation, whatever the case is, there's always a certain amount of propaganda coming out from all directions, okay? But I have never seen Babylon the Great 
Well, and you know what? Is there any surprise, really, when you think about it? I mean, look what we have, the entities that we have running this government. What, 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 is, what is really troubling me, though, however, I will admit, is that Donald Trump uh, is kind of joining in with them. You know, of course, he's doing this narcissistic thing where he tells everybody, this would never have happened if I had, you know, kept, you know, stayed in the presidency. But I'm like, you were in the presidency for four years and you never did anything about the slaughter of the people in Donetsk, Donbass, and Lugansk. As a matter of fact, the United States and the CIA, they, you know, do you realize, look, okay, and you might say, John, what makes you such an expert on all this stuff? Okay, I'm not. What I am an expert on is I'm an expert on these tactics. I'm an expert on how Satan operates. I'm an expert on the New World Order. I'm an expert on the Global Reset. I am an expert on these things because I have sacrificed my entire life for all of this information. But I'm not perfect. And, you know, and, 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 and I, you know it's very difficult when the, the, the forces of darkness are so very, very good at what they do that it can trick you very easily okay and you never know exactly who's in on the choreographed game of evil okay that's why i just simply refer to them now as the global you know the the global satanic crime syndicate which is really what they what it is the problem is you don't know because of the way they do that 33rd degree mason that you know and and according to schnobelina uh you know it's really over 100 degrees and blah 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 but the point of that is that they don't. Everybody that's in on it doesn't only knows so much. It's called need to know. It's the same thing that the United States military uses with their top secret, above top secret clearances. Okay, that whole concept of you know a need to know. Uh, if you don't have a need to know, then uh, then by golly, you're 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 simply, you know, they won't let you in on it. It's really just kind of that simple. So anyway, um, uh, you know, so you may be a, you know, you don't know what Trump knows. You don't know what Pence knows. You don't even know, none of us know, whether or not they are in, um, you know, the family. And you're like, well, what are you talking about, the family? Well, if you haven't watched the documentary entitled The Family, all right, and, uh, wow, my, my uh, VU meters are just simply dead and not working tonight. I hate that. But um, I am going to de- – oh, yeah, they went totally dead. Wow, look at that. that that's kind of spooky. That almost makes me wonder whether or not um, the uh, the program – oh, yeah. Oh, wow, unable to acquire direct sound capture device. That is not a good sign. Um, I am going to now uh, – wow, um, this puts me in a crummy position because I don't have Mary Lee anymore – uh, who used to coach me in the background, I will go back over to my email. Uh, maybe there's somebody that's listening to the show directly uh, live that can email me right now and tell me whether or not I, my voice is even being projected over the Internet. Uh, there is so much uh, censorship taking place right now that I would not even in the slightest bit be surprised that at any time this program would be killed. All right, so I'm actually anticipating. I, I don't want it to happen, uh, but I am anticipating that this program is going to get taken out um, simply because, you know, and I, I don't know, I, maybe not. Maybe, yeah, wait a minute, I'm listening to Brother Jeremy and says, it's, I can hear you. It sounds like you're on a phone, though. Okay, now that is very, very strange. 
That almost indicates that my sound drivers just dropped out on the computer, which means that I would have to do a full reboot, and then that means I have to go down. Wait a minute. He says, it doesn't sound like it normally does. Okay. Um, but Sister Lisa, Lisa G. says, uh, can hear you good, but it has a hollow sound to it. Okay, now that's weird. So now I'm, oh, no. Rats, it has to happen. Of course it has to happen while I'm live. All right, and I'm looking over at the uh, the mixer. The mixer looks normal. Everything looks normal there. All the lights are normal. Um, I'm going back over to, hold on a second, my, my recording device. Uh, hold on, maybe something. No, it says line default. Oh, wow. That is not correct. There is a, oh, I see the problem. Hold on. Right. Okay, I'm trying to do the program from my, my telephone, believe it or not, and I do not know if it's working. I'm just going to hope that it is. Okay, now, Brother Jeremy is telling me I'm back. Uh, I also have to figure out, because my phone will die after a while, because um, I am not, I am ill-prepared uh, for... Uh, this uh, this particular contingency. Hold on, just a second. I'm checking the. Yeah, just a second. That's not going to work. I'm looking for a an adapter that will allow me to use the phone. Um, hold on, just a second. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. I'm actually going to have to walk into another room to get a, an, an adapter that'll allow me to keep on working uh, working from the phone because the whole system is down. Uh, do, 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 do. Where is one of those adapters? All right. I'm rifling through my my uh, stuff. Hold on just a second. I'm putting you on speaker. And I am feverishly trying to get an adapter that will allow me to... Okay, this is the wrong adapter. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Oh, I just love all these challenges at the last minute. Let's see if this adapter will work. All right. This one is a C-type adapter. Um, I'm going to have to be a contortionist for this to work. <laughs> oh, God. What a way to end the day. Okay. All right. There we go. All right. Now, hold on. My phone has gone dark. Allow access to the phone. I don't want that right now. Now, I'm going to assume that the radio program is working. I had to shut down my main uh, audio feed. Even though, as weird as this is, everything seems to be working. I don't know. This is just the strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, progress forward with the program. It's going to be very hard for me to do it this way but i'm gonna i'm gonna it's too important um so uh anyway praise jesus i'm I'm moving things out of my way so i can continue all right praise god now jeremy are you listening um okay it's fine on my computer mary lee says uh i i don't know what that means for sure if it's a live stream or if it's 
or if she's listening to the dial-in, I don't know the, I don't know, because oftentimes people that are trying to help me forget to tell me these things. But anyway, let's get back on track. All right, so, you know, understand that I am limping along. Um, I do not know if uh, the sound effect board will work. Okay, I just hit the sound effect board. Did anybody hear anything like a dun dun dun? Jeremy, are you hearing a dun dun dun? Come on, Jeremy, work with me here, faster, brother. Jeremy. Okay, he says nope. All right, so what that means is, for some reason, and I don't know why, I have lost uh, the whole mixer panel. Okay. So we're going to have no sound effects, no nothing. That's okay. Uh, no point in doing the kids thing because uh, I need that. I need all that stuff to work. Okay. So anyway, I'll have to uh, reboot, take down everything, do some troubleshooting, and try to figure out what went wrong. All right. Hallelujah. All right. Now, on that note, uh, uh, okay, hold on. That is so weird. So I might as well just go ahead and shut down the uh, mic here because I'm getting internal feedback. All right. Praise God. Now I'm going to get back on track. As best as I can under the circumstances. Oh no, this is awful. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if you'll be able to hear this, Jeremy. Are you at the ready, brother? Um, I, I need you, Jeremy, to be at my ready. Can you help me, dear brother, Jeremy West Coast Walter? Can you help me? He says yes. Now there's about a six to seven second delay. Uh, unfortunately, that we have to deal with. And all right, hold on just a second. Oh, yeah, and there's the mute. I have to mute the uh, – all right, now, cool. I think I can proceed now as best as possible. It's uh, This is like calling in from a taxi cab, from the back of a taxi cab, when you're used to having a full-blown sound system and professional equipment. So it's going to be very difficult, but I will just continue to do the program because it's that important. Okay. And of course my uh, my little power my little power cable for the cellular phone <laughs> it's got me doing that. I'm I'm having to bend over while I'm doing this and for a guy my size that's I'll probably wake up with a back back issue tomorrow, but hallelujah. It's all part of the suffering for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so um, I've had people pummel me with information from afar, all over the place. It's rather amazing. I I wanted to play for you a Klaus Schwab um, audio um, segment. That's about a minute and thirty seconds of the impact on the um, Golden GIB Studios right now. That is not possible. Okay, so I apologize for that. I will go ahead and defer it to the next show. I will. Pray and hope that the Lord will help me fix everything. I don't know what happened. Um, but again, um, Microsoft is notorious for Microsoft, Android, iPhone. They're pushing updates out to all of our systems now at an alarming rate of speed. I think it has to do with taking down stuff. I believe that we have come to a pinnacle, a turning point, a, a scary doggone time, folks. And um, the reason why I believe that is because I'm seeing things happening that are nothing less than pretty horrific. Okay, now, um, um, I don't know how else to put it, but that's how it is. Now, um, you know, by 
as a matter of fact, by even putting Klaus Schwab's name in on the uh, website and on the Blog Talk radio show, uh, I have, may have taken the target that was on my back the size of Texas and made it the size of North and South America combined. Um, the one thing that might keep the black choppers from landing in my front yard is, well, of course, our Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus, and also, um, and, and, and you know what, Mary Lee, if there's any way, if, I know you're, you're trying your best, but um, Mary Lee is, okay, wait a minute, but only slightly, what is going on here? I could text, would that be faster? Are you ever going to bring in Dean with the issues that you have happening? Jeremy, brother, I can't have like this fluid conversation with you when I'm live on the air. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Mary Lee, can you tell whether or not the sound is coming through the computer, through the web browser? I'd like to know whether or not we have a live stream. So I'm going to depend on you, Mary Lee. I know there's a six to seven second delay, and it's going to take you a little while to process this. But if you can, Mary Lee, please let me know if the sound is coming through the web browser and not just uh, through the dial-up connection, okay? Sister Mary Lee, could you please try to do that for me? Thank you. God bless you. It does say something about sounds fine on my computer, loud and clear. I, I don't. I don't get that because Jeremy's saying one thing, Mary Lee's saying another thing. Uh, Jeremy is now saying that, yes, through Chrome, there is a stream and sound. Uh, can you give me on a – I don't know. I'm just going to have to – I can't do this. All right, I, I'm, I'm just going to do the best I can. And if it works, it works, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. I can't, I can't do sound checks from, you know, 3,000 miles away. So anyway, um, Cloud – so I had a soundbite queued up for you uh, tonight to play. But here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you where you can go listen to it. Whether you will or not, well, I, you know, like I've said a million times before, not a million, but a fantastically large number of times over the last 11 years, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't kick it in the hiney cheeks to make a drink. Okay? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I have had my, bro- my brother-in-law. He's essentially my brother-in-law. Tell me, and he's a fantastically intelligent man and a senior pilot with Southwest Airlines. Now he's retired, but I've had him tell me point blank. He said, John, I will never read one of your articles. That's what he said to me. I will never read one of your articles. All right, and I was astonished. I, I, I could barely talk. And he said, I have converted over to nothing but media. Now, you've got to understand, this is a guy like, it's in his 60s, and he's got an IQ probably of 100, 150, 160. This guy's brilliant. But he told me, he said, I am not ever going to read anything. I don't want to read anymore. Everything is, everything is media for me now, period. He was very mad, adamant about it. And so there are, if, if he was like that, then I assume there are millions of people that are like that, which means that they are very, 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 very vulnerable. That means that they're probably not reading their Bible on their own. They're believing whatever is coming out of the pulpit. They're not looking into any of the details or doing any of their research because the only way you can do proper research is to dig into written text instead of listening to, quote, the five Babylon in their endless baloney and poppycock. 
We are dealing with a situation on a global level that is like nothing I have ever seen before in my entire life, and it's horrifying. Okay? Now, I know a lot of anointed brothers and sisters that we have brought on this program over the last 11 years have said that there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but it hasn't happened yet. Okay? Uh, And if anybody out there is saying that it has, you just all you did was stumbled across another person that's being satanically influenced and not realizing that they are. There's a lot of them. That's why I did the special prayer vigil that has, you know, if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash tribulation dash now, it's not difficult to do. An 88-year-old person could easily do it. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash tribulation dash now. Enter, and then you scroll through the pages, and you will find a prayer vigil that says um, how Satan stops your prayers. And if you don't know these things, you're in danger. And I don't know how else to put it any more. more I have to be blunt. I don't know. I, I can, if I just furry white kid me to death and tell you how wonderful and everything such everything is, then I'm doing the people of God in injustice and I'm I won't I won't let that happen. I won't I will never do that. I would rather be killed. I'd rather be taken out. I I would much rather than than do the people of the Lord in injustice. I have to report what I see and what I hear because I I can't I, I have to face God someday. I have to I pray that I can you know that everything is gonna I want to make it as much as everybody does. And that's why I'm trying to help people understand things. The movie Wag the Dog was prophetic, just like the movie They Live was prophetic, just like the movie Some of All Fears was prophetic, just like the TV series Jericho was prophetic, just like the, the movie 10.5 about a megaquake on the west coast of the United States was prophetic, just like the movie 2012 was prophetic. These were prophetic movies. And if people are out there when they're younger in their walk and they're just waking up, they blame it on Satan. We blame everything on Satan, but we forget that God is in control of Satan, and that's a terrible mistake to make. These are warnings to us. Thank you, Jesus. All right, now, um, so uh, I can't play the Klaus Schwab clip, but I can tell you that I added it. For those of you who are truly interested in understanding what we are dealing with, now, if you're just one of those people that listens to podcasts when you're driving down the road, and that's just, you're like my brother-in-law, and you're never going to read anything, then guess what? You're not going to know. Simple as that. All right. So you can now go to tribulation-now.org. I'm not going to talk about all the other URLs that there are because there's bunches of them. Just going to stick with the one so I don't confuse anybody. Tribulation-now.org the very tippy top of that horrible text that people hate to read i put a a video snippet of about 1 minute and 30 seconds in length that's a edited video snippet of Klaus Schwab making comment he is a nazi operation paperclip all that stuff bringing the nazis over you know who did that who do you think did that when we brought the Nazi scientists over here, when when how come Mengele is still running around out there? Why are there documentaries on 
you know, out there right now that are highly credible that indicate that Hitler never really did die. Now, he has at this point supposedly of old age, but the point is the documentaries are – they're impressive. The data is astonishing. What about the underground bases for the Nazis uh, – the, the, I mean, deep underground bases for the Nazis in Antarctica? The amount of information that indicates that we are – this entire world is being covered completely right now under Nazi control is un – I mean, my goodness gracious sake for life. You would have to be lobotomized, truly. And sadly, I mean, I don't mean this to be insulting to anybody, but uh, unfortunately, my, I mean, I had a conversation. The Lord gave me – the Lord knows that I get very nervous when I start – when I go out on a limb – he knows I get nervous. He knows I have anxiety issues. He knows I'm an emotional wreck. And um, and he works with me. Why? I don't know. They certainly don't deserve it. But anyway, so I got pinged over after I had put up the emergency message on Blog Talk Radio about Klaus Schwab is, you know, you know that Putin has taken out the Nazis. And... The second that I saw that come out of Sputnik News, I, it was like, it, my goodness gracious, it was almost like Gabriel, the, you know, the angel Gabriel showed up in front of me and said, John, you've got to tell the world about this. Because I knew that Alex Jones was going to miss it. Alex Jones is so busy recovering America. He wants America to be great again. He wants Trump to be great again. He, it's all about America, 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 the USA, the USA, the USA, the USA. How somebody can call themselves a Christian and be – so self-centered and forget about the 195 other major countries across the world. I thought, I thought the Bible said for God to love the world. Mine does. And when Jesus hung from the cross, there was no United States. Most people don't even understand that the United States was, was a business venture by the Virginia company. They don't know the history properly. And it's absolutely alarming. So anyway, I, I've covered this in bits and pieces and programs before. I don't know how I can get all of the information out. Um, I, I think – but anyway, maybe it's too late. You know what? Maybe it's just too late. Maybe, you know, the analogy I used a, a, a little while ago, uh, I don't know, six months ago or whatever, where I, I felt that we were kind of like a car pulling into a driveway or into a parking lot, and the name of the parking lot was the Sorrows Period. Well, when I use that analogy, I'm kind of thinking we're already in the parking lot right now. Now, granted, could this all turn around? Could Putin make a jack tiny out of the whole world and, you know, calm this whole thing down, turn it around, and pull his troops out? Because, the, because Russia has publicly stated many, 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 many times that they have no intention of staying inside of Ukraine. And if I had to choose between any of these LGBT, LMNOP entities from the bowels of hell, shape-shifting reptilians that are running this country right now and Putin, I'd pick Putin in a snap. As a matter of fact, being in the work that I do, I knew that, that, that Snowden was telling the truth the second that he came forward with that information. And you know what? In a way, Trump wants to put, uh, 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 you know, um, uh, WikiLeaks away, the founder of WikiLeaks. He, 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 Trump created more, uh, uh, you know, uh, reading machines. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm having brain damage at the moment. I, too, too many interruptions. I had this all queued up, and now I'm talking on the phone. 
Is he part of the family? Have you watched the documentary on Netflix yet about the family, how creepy that is? I saw, I, I was looking, I was doing some investigation about the family. And Pence was there and Trump was there. I, I was horrified. Um, why is it Trump never did anything about the slaughter of the people, the humans, the human beings that were being slaughtered, the children that were being killed in Donetsk, Donbass, and Lugansk? The whole time that Zelensky's in office, which, by the way, we put him there. Okay? You get in, you sort of putting this together. The Klaus Schwab's of the world, the, these Nazis that are ruling the world, they're the ones who are, are controlling all of these things. That's why we saw the Emergency Powers Act going to place. I had somebody from Canada. They came to, they came to me, and they said, hey, you know, I, I, you know they, were, they were thinking about, the, you know, when, when Trudeau canceled the Emergency Powers Act, they were like, yay. I guess we did something. It was like kind of like thought of as a positive thing. And I, I told this person, I, I don't want to drop, drop names because it's highly sensitive, you know, times that we live in right now. But I would just say I, I explained to this person, not really. Because the number one thing that these entities are afraid of is a French Revolution. They have to maintain control. Order out of chaos. Order out of chaos. That's how it works. So when Trudeau dropped the Emergency Powers Act, what that means is, now listen, I am the biggest pacifist in the world, and I will carry my cross to Galgotha. I will die, happily die, if that's what it requires for me to serve my Lord Jesus, okay? But I will never, ever, ever do anything other than what the Bible says, which is to love, absolutely love. And that means we never pick up weapons, ever. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, Second Corinthians 10, 5. Uh, we got to understand that our power comes from the name of the Lord Jesus, and we are part of the body of Christ, which covers the entire planet Earth. It's not about countries. Wars, rumors of wars, and all that stuff that Jesus warned about was long before there was any kind of a country. All this stuff is, it's, it's all puppet material. We're being played. It's a wag the dog situation. They want to start World War III desperately. They want to stop the midterm elections. Desperately, Klaus Schwab openly admitted publicly that he wants them to create a cyber attack that is so huge that it takes down and it causes a blackout and knocks out the power grid. And I am here to tell you, with the expert that I have in this in expertise that I have in this area, it would be trivial. The reason why Snowden quit and and whistle blew through the Guardian. Uh, was because he discovered that the United States had put bombs, little cyber bombs, on all the routers and the systems and the SCADA systems and all Japan, all of our allies. We put bombs, uh, cyber bombs, on their systems. We can take down, the United States can take down entire countries' electrical systems. When Snowden figured that out, he said, okay, that is not all right. And that's when he blew the whistle. I was already getting trained on the systems that Snowden saw. I know as a fact that they're real. I was at, I was at seminars being taught. I, I would even go up and talk to the professors that were giving the seminars after everybody left the room. And I would say, have you seen what's written in the NBA 2012? No habeas corpus? And, and they would be like, yes. And they would be horrified. This is years ago. 
So anyway, why am I so sure about all of these things? I'm going to tell you. I put, and by the way, please know this. I have done at least eight updates to the article on tribulation-now.org, the one that's entitled, it has the big thing, Kremlin, Russia launched operation with aim of clearing Ukraine of Nazis. I've added additional links, many, 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 many additional links, additional text. I put the Klaus Schwab statement up there so you can hear this King Nazi talking about what he wants uh, the Gateses and the Fauci's and all of his other underlings to do to the people of the world. So anyway, it's just got tons and tons and tons of stuff in it. But I'm going to read you a section real quick. Uh, And I talked to Dean Byfield, and he is so cool, and he knows things are going crazy. Of course, he didn't know my system was going to blow up, and I'd have to call into the show. But um, uh, I I added a section of the article because I figured with – With the powerful persuasiveness of the propaganda war that is taking place across the world right now, it's unbelievable. Everybody – and Trump is joining in. Donald Trump is joining in. He's propping up Zelensky. He's telling everybody, wow, what a hero Zelensky is. And I'm like, okay, that does it. I'm done with Trump. I am done with him. I think he's on the inside. I'm convinced now. I think he's part of the family, and we're all being played like a fiddle. I was suspicious for a while, but now my heart tells me, uh uh-uh, I wouldn't trust that man with an ice cream cone at this point. So anyway, so I'm going to put in here, why am I so sure? Because he should have stopped the whole Zelensky thing. He should have – it was the United States that was given the weapons that they were using to slaughter the people in Donetsk, Donbass, and Lugansk, which is why Putin said enough is enough. Because they're Nazis. They are Nazis. If you study World War II, you will realize that the people, the Ukrainian army joined with Hitler during World War II voluntarily. They said, oh, no problem. We'll join you. And they started slaughtering their own people. That's how they are. It's history. So anyway, I'm going to read this to you. Why am I so sure about all of this stuff? And then I'm going to also cover the news with, you know, no sound effects or whatever. That's just the way it is. All right. Why am I so sure? I'll put and, and I'll read this to you. This is just one of the many, 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 many things that I added to the article. I strongly, strongly recommend if there is any possible way. If you do still read anything, take some time and look into it because our situation is dire, folks. I don't know how long. I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what's going to happen. Now, if Putin does pull back, they're trying to cut a deal. Just today, they're bringing a supposedly an entourage. I'm sure Zelensky won't go, and I don't believe that Zelensky is going to stand up and die. They will whisk him away like they did Epstein. Okay, they'll take him away. They'll pretend like he died. They'll make a martyr out of him, and 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 Hillary will point to Trump, and it'll be it's just a game. It's it's wag the dog. We're and people are falling for it worldwide. It's unbelievable. Some aren't though. Isn't it amazing that the ones that aren't are in China and North Korea? Somehow, I'm not so surprised. But anyway, on that note, I'm going to read to you why am I so sure the little section that I added to it, because I'm sure that people reading the article would wonder, wait a minute, where does this guy get his information from? Why, does he, why is he so certain that 10 billion you know, media outlets are all wrong? Okay, well, let me just read this to you. You may ask me why I believe Putin. With all the disinformation in the United States media, by the way, 
other media sources worldwide, too. While I know Putin is not any sort of a saint, here's why. Because of the radio show, I have personal friends from the Ukraine who are, ta- who are talking to their families using Skype. The people of the Ukraine hate Zelensky, and they know he is fantastically corrupt. They are thrilled. And, oh, by the way, I, I want to add to that. I also have an executive leader at the company that I work for who is also from the Ukraine. His name is Mark, and I'm not going to give you his last name. Uh, and we were both, while this stuff was unfolding and taking place, we were both looking at live webcams all over the Ukraine, making comments back and forth and saying, oh, my gosh, look at Bill Hemmer on Fox News telling everybody what's going on. And we're looking at the webcams, and it ain't matching. It's not matching. Gunshots in Kiev and all this stuff. No, there were no gunshots in Kiev. Not a, not a one. Okay, so anyway, we're being played. So anyway, I'll just go on to read this. So I've got multiple sources, multiple sources of people all over the place that I'm talking to live while I'm looking at the webcams and seeing all this stuff, watching Bill Hemmer putting big explosions on Kiev and all this other. It's just unbelievable. So um, I'm not saying it's not happening. Don't get me wrong. Please, you have to understand the problem is that they, they do do what they say they're going to do. Evil, the satanic ones, pump it up, and they make it ten sound like it's 10 billion times worse, just like they did with the, June, uh, with the, uh, uh, you know, the January 6th uh, trumped-up thing that they're doing, that whole thing. It's all satanic. It's satanic, it's crisis actors, they're playing people, and they're throwing Christians in jail, and they're coming for us. Now, that being said, um, there's, there's no place to hide, so just trust Jesus and pray, because you, that's where your protection will come from. All right, so anyway, I, I go on to explain. So I just wanted you to know, I'm talking to people. I'm talking to people while they're talking to their moms on Skype. Anyway, so I said, the people of Ukraine hate Zelensky, and, and, and I'm not saying that every single person in the Ukraine hates him necessarily. Ukraine is a big place. There's a lot of people that live there. And there's a West, and there's an East, and there may be pockets of people that are afraid because they don't know any better. All they're seeing is the news media that we're seeing in some cases, and, and of course they would get nervous or afraid, and so you might see some people getting on trains or whatever the case, which is probably happening in the West which is where the most Western people are, okay? But, but the one lady that I talk to regularly, she's from Odessa, and Odessa is actually a little bit toward the Western side. And she was talking to her mother, who is in Odessa right now, and her mother is saying, I hope that Putin takes that scum out of this country. That's what her mother, who's been there her whole life, this girl I'm talking about, she's a regular listener of the radio show. We're having back and forth conversations. All right? So, um, uh, and let's see. Mary, Mary Lee says, I've got you on the computer through the link on Trib now. Okay, that's cool. Um, Paula Ledger says, the program is down again. I got the feeling the enemy doesn't want you to open the eyes of the Christians. Now, I don't know what that means. Um, uh, down again versus what? Am I up now or am I not? Uh, Jeremy, are you there? West Coast Walter, can you give me a status report? I know, I have to wait. One, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000, four, one. There's a six-second delay or something like that. Jeremy, you still there? Did you go have to go run and take care of your kids, buddy? Mm-hmm. He's typing something now into the into the text thing. He says I'm still alive. Okay, good. Praise God. 
All right. So, um, uh, and Jeremy, are you listening on the phone or are you listening over a web browser? Phone or web browser, bro? I know you said earlier it was Chrome, but I'm just double checking. I got, I'm quadruple. I have to quadruple check because of the nature of the. You can call it a satanic attack if you want to. I don't know. Maybe so. Okay, so he says I'm still live. The live stream is live, and he is in fact listening over a web browser. The one that works the best is the uh, Google Chrome web web browser because you know why? Because Blog Talk Radio writes their code for the Chrome web browser. Anyway, so I'm and um. So anyway, uh, I'm going to go on and read read more of this section. They are um, uh, the people of the Ukraine hate Zelensky, and they they know he is fantastically corrupt. They are thrilled and cannot wait for Putin to quote clean house. Note this was a direct quote from a mother of the ra- of, a, of, a, of of a radio show listener who I talk to almost every day. By the way, he says I am in continuous contact with these people even as I am writing this. Another person I work with is from the Ukraine, and he corroborates this information as well. We are both monitoring live webcams and discussing the situation in real time. During World War II, many of the Ukrainian military joined with Hitler and brutally slaughtered many. This is well-known history, and many of them are still alive there and exist amongst the population. One of the show listeners has had personal interactions with the Nazis that live in the Ukraine. Also, I am in communication with a radio show listener named Jamil in Belgium. The Belgium news is watching the lies of the United States media and saying that the Ukrainian people are begging for guns. That is a lie and a vivid generalization. Okay, there, there may be some that they're handing guns to. Zelensky is in on it. He is part of the Klaus Schwab lie. He's under the control grid. Until we understand what we are dealing with, we will not ever be able to decipher the confusion that comes out of the propaganda engine. All right, this is very, very difficult to do. Thank you, Jesus, I have the connections that I have, and I'm able to tell you what I am experiencing in real time as these things are unfolding. I said, while there are surely some people in western Ukraine that may not want nothing to do with Russia, there is a very large part of the population that knows the magnitude of the corruption and wants Putin to clean out. Also, to be clear, there is no question that Russian military forces are taking out resistance Ukrainian strongholds. By the way, they refer to them as nationalists. The Nazi factions of the Ukrainian army that are slaughtering anybody that even speaks native Russian. I mean, it is a slaughter. It is Bosnia and Herzegovina all over again. And why wouldn't? Uh, uh, you know, Saki and and the entity that refers to itself, Biden, why wouldn't Obama want all these things to happen? Why wouldn't they want all these things to happen? Why wouldn't they want the power grid to go down? Why wouldn't they want all the midterm elections canceled? Why wouldn't they want all these things to happen? Why not? That's their goal. When you know what their end game is, which is to take down the United States, to do the global reset, which Klaus Schwab is very open about and has called for a massive global cyber attack to occur. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but NATO has come out and they have publicly stated that if Russia does a cyber attack, they are allowed to invoke Article 5 and move troops in, NATO troops, into the Ukraine. 
Now, I am telling you as a cybersecurity expert that that is something that they can fake exceedingly easily. So we are in a situation here, and it's going to be the hand of God, if anything, that, that puts an end to it. I don't know. We're going to have to wait. But I do believe – oh, and by the way, for those of you who think that there wasn't a prayer vigil on, on Friday, there was. Um, I have sent a support call ticket to the Blog Talk people, and maybe they will be able to unjam the log jam. I am hoping that this radio show will publish, but anyway, I did send the support ticket. I don't know if it will publish for later. All right, now I'm going to go into the news, so let's have a little bit of fun. Okay, now there's your stinger. All right. Joseph Goebbels. Paul Joseph Goebbels was a German Nazi politician who was the Gottlieb of Britain, the chief propagandist of the Nazi party, and the Reich Minister of Propaganda from 1933 to 1945. And he is quoted as saying, if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. Well, guess what? For the first time since 2016, Fox News and CNN are saying exactly the same words. He goes on, the lie can be maintained only for such time as the state can shield the people from the political, economic, or military consequences of the lie. It thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to repress dissent. For the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie, and thus by extension, the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I read? All right, just type in, if you want to read it for yourself, actually you can, I didn't publish the show notes, oh, doggone it, praise Jesus, hallelujah. You can type in Goebbels, G-O-E-B-B-E-L-S, that's a double B, G-O-E-B-B-E-L-S, Quotes, Goebbels quotes, and you will see that quotation. We are in the rise of the Fourth Reich. All right, the next headline, praise God. Okay, so whatever. The next headline reads, U.S. government just admitted this is a war that will determine who will rule the new world order. By the way, is published by Zero Hedge. So they've got some chutzpah about the size of the Chrysler building for sure. And what they are saying is essentially – it appears to be essentially kind of like true. So they obviously are in on some things that a lot of people might not – might have assumed otherwise. Or they got it from another source, which they do sometimes print from other sources. Now, do I agree with this entirely? I don't um, because they – the Zero Hedge does not understand Satan. They don't understand the House of Windsor, the Blue Bloods. The the uh, they don't understand the Committee of Three Hundred. They don't understand the Satanic Control Grid, the Crime Syndicate. They don't get it. They don't understand the Warring Factions of the Illuminati, the Romanovs, the Ling family, the Kennedy family. They don't get it. They don't know. They don't get that stuff. And if they're missing that link. They're going to make mistakes in their analysis, okay? That's very, 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 very important to understand. 
All right, the next headline is all hell breaks loose as global markets open. Stocks crash, oil and gold surge. Now, one thing that's big about Zero Hedge is there also what for whatever Zero Hedge. Get it? Zero Hedge hedging. They actually have hedge funds, that kind of thing. They're they're into the stock market. But they're also into conspiracy theory because, you know, the conspiracy theory, which isn't theory, is driving the world economy. Well, gold, is, gold and silver are going right through the roof, as anyone would expect, while all the other stuff is plummeting. Why wouldn't you want that to happen if you were trying to bring the end times in? If you know, if, you're, if your name is Hasatan, the chief prosecutor, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, the, the dragon, if that's who you are, do you know the Bible? If you're trying to bring – if these entities from the bowels of hell that live on this earth that are trying to kill us all, okay, if they're trying to bring – prepare the earth for the rise of the Antichrist, what would they do? They would do everything that they possibly could do to make the Bible prophetic words come true. And so far, God hasn't stopped them. That's the thing that's the most unnerving – I mean, praise his holy name, thank you, Jesus, but he hasn't stopped them. That's a sure sign. We know that he, he can. We know he's in control. Read the book of Job, just the first chapter. It's clear as a bell. You can't miss it. But 99% of the people standing at pulpits do. I don't know how, but they do. All right, the next headline. All right, China and North Korea cooperate under a new situation. So while you're being told this or that from Fox or whoever, just remember – the most trustworthy news is coming out of Southeast Asia and the Middle East right now, if you can get hold of it. And they, uh, just as I predicted on the show, the emergency show that I did a few days ago, uh, saying that Russia Today and Sputnik News would probably be taken out, it's already underway. It's already underway. I'm surprised that we can still get to it. I really am quite surprised. All right, so the next headline reads, North Korea fires suspected ballistic missile into the sea. Now, remember, right now, North Korea and China and Russia and, of course, Brazil, because of the BRICS agreement, they are already – they've been planning on these kinds of things for an awful, 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 awful – I mean for like, what, a decade now? They're totally prepared for the global financial collapse. They're totally ready for it. They are so ready. The trade agreements between China, the trade agreements between Russia, North Korea is totally in on it, the whole deal. Who do you think gave the hypersonic missiles to North Korea? You think they just went out and hacked the site and suddenly mysteriously in a couple of weeks came out with a hypersonic missile when the United States still doesn't have any? If we did, we'd be out there braggadociously telling every braggadociously or whatever, telling everybody about it. We've hinted around about it, but we've seen no evidence the United States has any hypersonic missiles yet. But we know that North Korea does, so that means they obviously got them from China. So they have an alliance going on there. Now, okay, so again, next headline reads, United States says it can't rule out Putin using chemical biological weapons in the Ukraine. Nothing is off the table with this guy. This is from the independent in the United Kingdom. They are part of the Klaus Schwab control grid. So this is part of the mainstream media narrative trying to paint it out as a situation that is far, far, far. They have to. They have to. They have no choice. If they don't convince the entire world, the United Nations, everybody needs to be totally convinced in their Goebbels propaganda Nazi lie program that things are this bad. They have to do it. If they don't do it, they're going to lose. It's going to be a loss. if, If Putin is left alone, 
Right now, Putin is meeting with the leaders of Ukraine in order to cut a deal because he wants to put somebody other than Zelensky in power so he can pull his forces out and go home. That's what's all over the news that's not part of the propaganda, the Goebbels propaganda engine under Klaus Schwab. All right? But, but people are missing these things. All right, so anyway, and then, of course, I already told you about the, uh, the Article 5 thing where the NATO chief is coming out and warning Russia that a cyber attack could invoke Article 5. Well, basically, they're just looking for any reason they can to send NATO troops into the Ukraine. They want World War III. They want the um, uh, the uh, uh, power source, you know, uh, the, the the natural gas line, the, the Nord Stream two. They they want all that stuff shut down. They want it all shut down because they want to take everything down. That's why Biden tried to take down not one but both of our oil supply lines in the United States. Shut down all of the oil fracking. Look, if there's an attack from China on Taiwan, what do you think is going to happen? I've had so many people, they're like, oh, that's going to start World War III. Funk it will start World War III. Nothing's going to happen because they want Taiwan taken over. Because when Taiwan gets taken over by China, it cuts off all of our supplies for our IT systems, for our military systems, all of the rare earth minerals that we need for our cell phones in the United States and for Europe. All of that gets cut off. It's all it's part of the master plan. They need to kill the phoenix bird. They need the phoenix bird to be set on fire, collapse Babylon the Great, and rise up the new world order, the Great Reset. Klaus Schwab, the, you know, the, the House of Windsor, Satan's uh, 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 board of directors. This has, been in, this has been planned for hundreds of years, and we're seeing it start to happen now. Bell, uh, and I know by now uh, Brother Dean is holding, and I praise Jesus for that. Thank you for hanging in there. I'm, I'm planning on only going. I, I, you were right. The news is insane. Um, Ukraine vows not to surrender. Do you think they're going to, like, you know, martyr, martyr Zelensky and blame it on Putin? Do you think? While they whisk him away on some underground, you know, Rand Corporation magneto leviton train to one of their underground bunkers? you think they're going to Epstein him? Is that what you think? Because I think that they're going to they're, they're going to play this man. I need ammunition. I don't need to ride because I'm big. I'm bad. I'm brave. My whole family's going to stand there with a gun and get shot for the whole world to see. My gosh, are we gullible? Anybody who's believing that noise has had a lobotomy. It's already too late for them. They must have filtered out all of the fluoride out of their water system and just slugged pure fluoride for a couple of years. I don't see how anybody could buy that baloney. All right. Um, oh, and then here it is. The European Union is about to ban all information from Russia Today and Sputnik News. What kind of a surprise is that? No surprise. All right. Listen to this. Oh, by the way, when I spoke to my friend, I will just say her name starts with a T, and it's a very Russian name. And I said, if I go any further, she'll kill me. But anyway, my, my Ukrainian friend from Odessa, she said, John. There's Nazis everywhere in Ukraine. She said everybody hates him. She, um, she explained, I've had run-ins with them. They're very evil. They put – guess what they do? 
the, the CIA of the United States of America has gone in to the nationalist uh, groups of the Ukrainian army and taught them how to use people as human shields. She has seen the missile launchers in the neighborhoods around where she lives. She knows this. She's been there. She goes there every year. She's a listener of the program. We talk almost every other day, sometimes more, sometimes all day. Folks, and then Soros, as if that's like trustworthy news, says Soros inadvertently compares the Ukraine's army to World War II Nazis. How is it inadvertent? And I, I, I don't know. I don't even want to bother with that. I mean, then, then another headline comes out. North Korea weighs in on the Ukraine. And in here, it's basically repeating the same stuff that I'm telling you because he knows too. Now, I ain't saying he's a nice guy. He's a murdering evil man. I get it. But I'm just saying, the people that are really being played are the people in the West. All right, listen to this. The European Union is close, uh, closes its airspace to all Russian planes. Well, vice versa, okay, because the situation is pretty bad. Here's another headline. BP, uh, you know, British Petroleum, abandoned stake in Russian oil giant Rosneft uh, uh, with up to $25 billion in charge after Putin orders Ukraine invasion. And then you listen to this guy talk. It's, it's – it, it's not a, it's not true. It's not the stuff coming out of this man's mouth is what would come out. I'm not going to go there. All right, praise God. Another another one. Russia media watchdog demands Google restore access to the U- YouTube channels in the Ukraine. <laughs> Russia wants us to be able to do what I was doing four or five days ago, watching all the webcams to see how big and bold faced the West fly was. While Bill Hemmer showing maps of attacks, I'm looking at the webcam. And I'm talking to people in the Ukraine. Anyway, listen to this. Israel helps evacuate Lebanese, Syrian, and Egyptian citizens from the Ukraine. I mean, what would a war situation be without all the people, the vulnerable people, running for their lives? And they show, oh, let me see, let me see this particular picture that goes with this article. One, two, three, four, five people. Five people. He could have taken that picture from anywhere. It goes on another headline. Ukraine releases convicts to fight Russia. I mean, you know, come on. I mean, you know, after all, create Molotov cocktails. Do whatever you got to do. Save Ukraine. Save Ukraine. No, start World War III. That's what this is all. They're trying as hard as they can. Uh, Another one. Um, Oh, look. Putin puts Russian nuclear deterrence forces on high alert over aggressive statements by NATO. No, Putin has known for years. I have told the people, the listeners of this audience, that the, that the, quote, defensive missile systems that NATO is using are capable of having nuke, tactical nuke warheads snapped onto them. And Putin knows it. That's why he doesn't want them within a range of uh, 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 Moscow. Oh, gosh. Uh, Anyway, Bank of Russia responds to Western threats. Okay, so they're already trying to prop up the ruble because the sanctions are hurting their economy, which, I mean, who would even hesitate to think that that would be the case? Another one, anti-war rally draws at least 100,000 people in Berlin. Of course we're going to have that stuff happening. There's even some anti-war rallies in Russia. Do you think the people of Russia aren't hearing the same balderdash on their sources of information? Do you think Putin's cut off all their Internet? No, he hasn't. 
Anyway, it goes on. EU sanctions on Russia equal suicide by cop, according to a report on Zero Hedge. They're basically suggesting what I am telling you is a fact. If this stuff continues at the rate that it's continuing and our Heavenly Father doesn't step in, guess what? This is going to this is going to be it. This is going to lead into the, you know the period of sorrows. Gang, it's going to be so fast. It's going to be like just like I'm so I'm very sad because I read a really great uh, prophecy from Bond's blog uh, on um, uh, the Friday night prayer vigil. So I hope that um, Blog Talk can unclog the logjam. And that gets published because that prophecy from 2013 is coming true right now. Because the Lord told Bonnie, these things will happen so quickly you will barely be able to get your breath between the events. You seeing it happening now? All right, Breitbart reports, Russian oligarchs holding assets for Putin probably have very embarrassing material on Hunter Biden. Don't get me going on all of the uh, 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 bio labs, all of the bio labs inside the Ukraine. See, when we do extraordinary, when the United States of Babylon the Great does what's called extraordinary rendition, and they come and take somebody in the middle of the night and they whisk them off, they take them over to the Middle East. They do all the torture takes place over another country at the hands of the CIA or whoever they have hired and is receiving a check, which is CIA. That's how they work. Most CIA operatives are not Americans, by the way, just so you know. All right. Um, 3,000 Ukrainian Jews request to make Aliyah. Okay. It just goes on and on. France seizes a cargo ship targeted by the United States sanctions on Russia. This goes on and on. Here's more propaganda uh, from, from the United Kingdom. Putin humiliated as Ukraine's boast that they've killed 3,500 Russians. And, and, and 200 were captured, uh, and that they have the situation 100% under control. Baloney! Okay, the Jerusalem Post, Ukraine crisis. Kiev residents told to stay home and make Molotov cocktails. Really? Listen to this. You think you've been lied to in this situation? Oh, it's going to get better. Oh, my. Now, just out today, new research. This is from printed on Yahoo News, but Yahoo News reprints stuff from, you know, like uh, the Wall Street Journal and all kinds of other, you know, lying sources of information. Listen to this headline. Please listen. Quote, new research points to Wuhan market as the origin of the pandemic. So now they're going back to the fish market. Now, remember what Goebel said? If you repeat the, 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 the same thing over and over again, people will eventually believe it. Fauci's busted. Gates is busted. They're backing off on all of this stuff because they know they're busted. Countries are backing off. They're pulling back all their stuff, and now they're starting to do the lie all over again. Okay, they understand our susceptibility and gullibility to these things. Taliban, there's another head, headline, Taliban conducting house-to-house sweep across the Afghan capital. They're murdering people. The people that, that, that the entity that refers to itself as Biden left behind, okay? Uh, another one, Poison Control Center issues warning on toxic chemicals at home in COVID-19 tests, all right? Um, Israel to open up to unvaccinated tourists starting March 1st. Oh, listen to this. How to, how to detox spike protein. Uh, so, again, listen, I'm, I'm, I, look, I, so, I, 
Mm. I'm going to bring on Brother Dean, and I'm going to publish these this, these headlines inside of a PDF. You can go to tribulation-now.org, and you can go to the show notes link. It's white text on black. Depending on your mobile device, if you're using a mobile device, you might have to scroll to the very bottom to get to the links. It depends. It just depends. Or you might have to press on a little one of those horizontal line menus and then search. But there's a link in there that's called Show Notes. They at, uh, uh, Robert W. Malone is out there trying to help people that have poisoned themselves inadvertently with the mRNA poison. And he, he is giving antidotes, okay, which includes prunella vulgaris, pine needles, emodin, neem, dandelion, leaf root, expat. He even mentions ivermectin, which is cool because I got some of that. Um, uh, it, it just goes on and on. St. John's wort. Um, uh, there's all kinds of things. So you're going to want to get a copy of it. But at this point, I'm going to go ahead and stop. Hallelujah. This has been uh, nothing less than challenging. Hallelujah. And uh, and I'm going to jump over and grab uh, the call that, yep, there it is, the call from Brother Dean. All right, let's go ahead and bring him live. Here we go. All right, hold on a second. Brother Dean, are you there? I am. Hello, brother. Oh, hello. Hey, yeah, I had um, I had some pretty major technical difficulties uh, when I first started the radio program. My uh, studio just Blew, I'm just going to say the words blow, blew up. Everything's just, so I'm actually talking like you are on a telephone to the listeners. Um, but anyway, on that note, I want, I, you know, the whole reason that we wanted to bring you on, of course, for praise Jesus, is for the people to hear your incredible testimony of all the things that you went through and how it ultimately ended up, you know, bringing you to any uh the awesomeness of our eternal salvation through Christ. So I'm going to, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to mute my phone and just let you go ahead and take over and share your testimony because it is absolutely amazing, brother. Thank you for calling. Well, thank you very much. It's, it's a great honor to be able to be on the show and to speak. If I could just start off with a word of prayer, it would be, that would be brilliant. Uh, Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. First of all, we just want to lift our eyes and our hearts to you, Lord Jesus, the Savior of our souls. I just want to thank you, Lord, that you came into this world, that you died for us, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, that as we can look out into this world and see so much going on, as we see darkness rising, Lord, we know that you're in control and we know that you are doing amazing things still, that you're bringing people to you, and that, Lord, through things that are happening, Lord Jesus, just as your word says, Lord, that as darkness arises, so shall your light get ever lighter in believers, Lord. So I just want to thank you, Lord, and I just ask and pray that you would take hold of my mouth. I pray that you would lead me to be an encouragement to believers and unbelievers, uh, and I just want to thank you for this. I just pray you'll direct me by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, John. I really appreciate this. Uh, I just want to start off by turning to Scripture. Um, and I'm going to turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. And it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, 
in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I come from uh, Coventry in the West Midlands in the UK, and if I look back uh, at my life at growing up, um, my, my mother was very loving and done the best that she could for us. Uh, I had, I've got two brothers and a sister, and um, we grew up on a council estate. Things were hard, things were tough. Um, we had a stepfather, um, but I have to say that I didn't have much of a, a far, fatherly loving relationship with him. Um, he used to drink a lot. Uh, in fact, near enough every day he'd go out drinking. Um, and I just think we would conversate through our mother a lot of the time. And um, if I look back, um, it would just be the kind of hire or I'm going out and things like that. And I think as I grew up, it kind, kind of got me to start looking for love and acceptance in the wrong areas. Um, I grew up in Canley. And just over the next council estate from that was Tile Hill. And at the age of 15, we were moving from Canley to Tile Hill. And Canley and Tile Hill used to get into gang fights with each other. Um, so, of course, I was, I was a bit worried about going there. Um, but if I look at the age of 16 then, out of cowardice, I thought to myself, right, the best thing to, uh, to do is get involved with the local gang. Uh, and I started to do that at the age of 16. Um, we started hanging out at shops. Um, if, I, if I look at what things were like then, you could look, many people didn't have much aspirations. Uh, there's drug dealing that kind of goes on. And, you know, I just I just started to kind of think, well, this is, this is my kind of, uh, you know, this is where I'm going to kind of grow and get involved and... Um, I just started, I remember I started to smoke cannabis and drinking. Um, Coventry uh, at that time uh, it was well-known. It was where the rave scene hit off, um, a well-known club called The Eclipse. And um, so, of course, then it was all about drugs. So it was ecstasy, it was speed and, and things like that. And, you know, we'd take them. Uh, the thing is, is that when you start taking these drugs, when you meet with your friends again, you always talk about 
the, the positive effects that you had. You know, you, you talk and, and go through those experiences, but you don't really talk about the negative experiences that you have that you feel when you come down from drugs and things like that. And I remember we used to hang around around the shops and, of course, you know, in the rain and the cold and things like that. And it wasn't long before um, a guy uh, hadn't long come out of prison. And I remember he'd become quite friendly with us. Um, and, and, and we kind of liked it because he had his own flat. And he used to say, lad, you're doing, lads, you're doing it all wrong. He says, what you need to do is club all your money in together and then buy a big load of lager and cannabis and this, that, the other. So we started to do that, and we used to start going around to his, his place, and we used to just smoke and drink and, you know, kind of just get off our heads, really. Uh, as I say, we didn't have much aspirations, so that's what we used to do a lot of the time, to pass time. And, um, I mean, looking back, really what he was doing was getting us, young younger people, to kind of... Uh, put our money in to help him get high. And uh, I remember this one time, we were all sat in the flat, and he said to us, lads, have you ever tried cannabis oil? And we said, no. He said, he said it's just like cannabis, he says, but you smoke it on foil. He said, we just like to try some. So we were like, yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, we all had, had this, uh, what we thought was cannabis oil. I remember each and every one of us, after a while, just uh, all getting sick. We all went off to the toilet, and we were sick one by one. And uh, I remember the next day, all of, all of the friends were saying, oh, I'm never taking that again. He said, it's horrible, it just made us sick and stuff. But I really liked how this made me feel, um, because it, it numbed my emotions. Um, not only did it numb my emotions, just felt like I, I, I didn't have any pain and uh, it made me feel very sleepy and I just liked the way it made, made me feel. So when we went round there again, we said, I, I said to him, have you got any more of that cannabis oil? And he said, oh, it's not cannabis oil, it's heroin. And uh, I was kind of like, oh. Uh, now what, what he'd done was quite deceiving because if he'd have sat there and said, lads, do you want to try some heroin? The stigma... We'd have gone, no, no, we're not even touching some of that, like, you know. Um, but he got us to try it. And, and with people like me, who I kind of enjoyed it, and the way it made me feel. I said, well, yeah. And I remember we used to carry on going around there, drinking and smoking. Um, but he'd call me into another room and he'd get some heroin out and, I, and I'd smoke it. And it wasn't until, I'd say, probably about a week, a week and a half of taking this. Um, I remember I woke up one morning. I just felt really, really ill. My muscles were aching. I felt, I felt like I'd, I was coming down with the flu. My nose was running. I was sneezing. And we went round there, and um, I remember him saying to me, like, oh, you know, take some of this. And I took some, and I remember it was just like a wave that went through my body, and all those effects just disappeared. And I realised there and then, oh, I've got a problem here. Uh, and as time started to go on, um, we were in an area called Tile Hill North, and just down the road was Tile Hill South. And I remember we used to all meet mm. together. Um, we used to drink and smoke, but it's not long before when, you know, two gangs of lads are together, somebody tries to kiss somebody's girlfriend or somebody says something out of line. And uh, it wasn't long before we started fighting between each other. And uh, a lot started to happen in my life around that time. 
Uh, one of my friends was shot in the head uh, in a video store. Um, another one of the friends that we were hanging around with used to started carrying a knife, and he uh, ended up going out to a nightclub. He got his girlfriend to take uh, in the club in her bag, and he got into a fight with somebody in the club, and he stabbed him in the back of his leg in the femoral artery. The fight then ensued outside, and he stabbed another guy in the heart, and uh, he committed a double murder. And when these things start to happen, I just got to a place where, as the drugs started to wear off, I, I would just feel overwhelming fear. Of course, we we, we were kind of gangory between Tylo North and Tylo South, so you just think, oh, you know, when you go out, you could get, you know, they could be driving past or something like that. And you just you just start to feel a lot of fear and a lot of um, depression that starts to set in. And um, I remember during this time, um, one of the friends that, that I started to hang about with, um, his mum was a medium. And I... I used to um, get by um, paying for drugs by shoplifting. Uh, and I remember I used to go out, I used to steal books and things like that. And um, uh, I remember stealing some tarot cards. And I went round to her to try and uh, sell her these tarot cards. And um, she said to me, oh, if they've been stolen, it's not really good. Um it can have a bad energy. So she says, I'll tell you what, take them to see my sister. I kind of inwardly laughed at that because I thought, well, you obviously feel feel good of your sister then. <laughs> but I remember going around there and uh, offering her sister these tarot cards. And uh, she said to me, no, I don't want the tarot card. She says, have you got anything personal on you? And during this time, I I kind of moved out of my, my home into a, a bed sit. And all I had on me was a key into my bedsit. And she took it off me and she said to me, she said, oh, I can see that you're having problems with drugs. She says, but you're tenacious. Um, she says there is a spiritual side to you. Uh, she said, you're going to be in the Caribbean and it's going to be an enlightening experience. Now, I just remember taking my key and walking away from there thinking she's lost the plot because... You know, I need I need ten pounds to get another fix, and and you're telling me I'm going to be in the Caribbean. And I remember just walking away and just just carrying on where I left off. Um, so during this time, I started to get involved um, with uh, my friend's mother, who was a medium, because she said she could see I had a gift. So what we used to do is we used to go round to her house and we used to sit in her attic. Um, and we used to get involved in a thing called transmediumship. And this was, was where we would sit around in a circle. Uh, we would turn all the lights off. We had one red light. And the reason was that is that, uh, that she said that it will help you to see spirit more. And uh, we'd sit there and, um, and, yeah, basically invite spirits to come and speak through us. And I remember sitting there. And all of a sudden, I looked at my friends, and all of a sudden, this face just appeared in front of her face. And it was like she had her eyes closed, but all of a sudden, it seemed like she turned into a male because although she had her eyes closed, I could see these eyes peering at me. Um, she, she had stubble around her face. 
and obviously these noises were making through her throat like like uh, like uh, uh. something was trying to speak through her. So that started to really kind of get me intrigued as to what's going on. It was my first real experience with the supernatural in seeing there that there is something in the ethereal realm that we uh, that we can't see in the physical because I saw something just come over her face there. And um, during this time, um, I started to go to the spiritualist church with her as well. Uh, and I'd go there, we, we'd sit in closed circles on a Wednesdays because what they would do is they would, uh, at spiritualist church, they do a thing called spiritual healing. So people would go there and sit around in a circle, you'd close your eyes and there'd be some spiritual healers that would come around and lay hands on you. Um, and um, as well, on another day, you'd go around and that would be where a medium would stand up at the front. You'd, you'd, if you look, you'd look at it, it'd be like a church building or like a, a community centre building and you'd go in there and they'd have chairs set up um, and then they'd have a medium up the front. And of course, anybody who's new... You, I started to see through time that new people would always get a message and it would always be, oh, I can see that you've got a spirit guide with you. It would always be some North American Indian or, um, uh, or messages about uh, a past loved one. And um, again, it got me more intrigued about things when he told me things that I had these spirit guides. And um, I remember during this time as well that my addiction levels started to, you know, over time get higher and um, still stealing from shops to support my my addiction. I'd kind of have my TV and my hi-fi and my bed sit and I, I'd go to a place called Cash Converters and cash them in. Uh, I held down a little job. I, I, I started off as a, a kitchen porter where I used to um, wash pans and things like that. And then I got a job as a, an, a, as a commie chef. Um, in an equity and law insurance place. So uh, I had a bit of money, but it just become very hard for me to hold down a job. Uh, that became first, so I ended up getting to a place where, where I'd lost that. And um, I just remember that through my addiction, uh, as it was increasing, I'd just become more and more depressed. Things were going on around me in the council estate again. It just had me very fearful. And um, I just remember really seeing my only way out of my addiction as death. So I, I of course, I started to think, well, what's what's life about? Um, is there life after death? Uh, I, I'd seen um, a supernatural experience that has happened. So I believed that it was obviously spirits and things. And the spiritualist would say that... Um, we live life, but then we, we go on to a spiritual realm. There are angels and things, and there's reincarnation. They believe those kind of tenets. Um, and um, my addiction levels, as I said, I just got really depressed. And I remember at the time I started to, uh, I, I was being prescribed methadone. But I saw with a lot of my drug associates that they were taking methadone and heroin on top and they were getting addicted to the two of them. So what I used to do is I used to, at that time, I used to get it from the chemist and I used to save it up in my bedsit. And um, um, 
I just used to use it if there were some really hard times where I couldn't get any money and then I'd, I'd have a bit of methadone uh, until I could get some money for some drugs. And um, what happened is uh, I remember during this time um, I started to look into different religions as well and I started to look into Hinduism and Buddhism. Um, anything I started to look into I really... Uh, gave my all to it because I, I was really searching for the answers to life. Um, so I remember in Buddhism, you know, I'd get, I'd say mantras and I'd meditate. Um, in Hinduism, I went to the temples and I ate prasadam. So this was food that was sacrificed to idols, to, to Krishna in front of these idols. And they'd say that because it was offered to these idols that, um, you know, it was good for your spirit and it would strengthen you and things like that. Um, I just remember, um, as I say, just getting so depressed and I just got really tired with life. And I got to a point where uh, I tried to commit suicide. I just had enough. I was so depressed. Um, I remember being in my bed sit. I remember picking up this bag of the Gita that I'd been reading. Um, and I remember writing a suicide note. I lay down on my bed. It wasn't a cry for help. I locked the door and lay on my bed. Um, uh, but before I'd done that, I, I also got all of my bottles of methadone that I'd been saving up. And it must have been about a pint and a half of methadone and I just necked it back. Uh, and as I say, I just lay down on my bed crying thinking that's it, I'm out. And uh, I kind of came to about a day and a half later, um, thinking, well, that hasn't worked. Um, but yeah, just picked up where I left off, taking drugs. And I wouldn't say I had an opportunity because it was more I was being used out of my desperation by the local drug dealers to do a drug smuggle. And um, they wanted me to go to Trinidad and Tobago uh, to go out there and pick up three kilos of cocaine and bring it back. And I just thought to myself, well, I've just tried to kill myself. So what have I got to lose? Um, what's the worst that's going to happen in this scenario? Um, even if I get caught, I'll get locked up, I'll get fed and watered, I'll get away from drugs that way. Um, so, yeah, so they got me tickets uh, plane tickets to go out to Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, I got on a plane, went out there. I had to go to a hotel and wait for these people to come and pick me up. I was supposed to be there for three days. I was told not to worry that it was all set up out there and it was um, it, it was for me to pick up and just come back and I was going to bring it back in um, these food parcels, a bit like um, they have a pack of birds custard powder and, and then they have a pack of sweets and what they've done is they've opened them all up and put cocaine inside them and uh, then resealed them with uh, ladies' curling tongs so as to bring them back that way. Um, I remember while I was out there, uh, because I was only supposed to be out there for three days, I used up the drugs that I took out with me and um, I started to do my withdrawal. And I remember um, I'd, go, I, I'd been in the, in the hotel, uh, I'd been picked up with these guys and then taken to their house and I was just staying there waiting for the right time for me to, to go ahead with this drug smuggle. Um, and I remember being there three days, four days. As I say, on the fourth day, I'd, I'd, I'd run out of drugs. 
Uh, I was staying in this room on the floor and uh, the reality of what I was doing had set in and um, the fear that I was feeling, just thinking, and I just thought to myself, well, I'm here now, I'm going to go ahead, um, you know, what will be will be. And um, I remember during this time, there was a, a crazy thing that started to, to go on out there, which meant there was a high police presence at the airport. And there was two brothers, uh, they'd been involved in a gang and they'd committed an armed robbery out there. But these two brothers had, one had tuberculosis and one had AIDS. So the rest of the gang members had pinned this armed robbery on the two brothers who, who were obviously dying. And they just went went mad. They were dying, so they had nothing to to lose. And I remember being out there and seeing on the news day by day. On the first day, um, on the fourth day, well, on the fourth day I was out there. The first day when something happened, uh, they said that these gang members had had gone to this um, this other gang member's address and um, shot up his house. Uh, he'd run out the back, uh, and then they shot shot him in the back. Uh, and I remember just watching it on the news, just thinking, I'm like, where am I? This is crazy out here. Um, the next day, which was really concerning, is that one of the gang members was actually speaking to an undercover police officer in the town centre. Uh, and what they said on the news is that they they saw this gang member, um, they, they'd shot up outside... Uh, of this shopping centre, and they showed all these bullet holes in in the windows, and um, they'd shot the, I think the police officer in the leg, and then he went up to the, the the gang member, shot him once in each eye and once in the head. And when I, I heard, I just thought, what is going on? Where am I? So there was one one gang member left who was obviously very frightened, and uh, he booked himself into police custody. I remember the, the next day on the news, these two brothers had gone to the police station and, and opened fire on the police station. Um, and they'd sent a message to the police station saying, you'll have to kill us. Uh, and I say that because I just thought, wow, where am I? What? Just the fear. Not only was I starting to withdraw, so all these, you know, everything's heightened. I had this situation that I had to deal with, with coming back with the with these drugs. Um it just meant, I remember a couple of days where I'd say, oh, get ready, you're going today. So, of course, I'd get myself psyched up uh, and then say, oh, no, no, it's not time yet. Um, and I remember half, I ended up out there for two weeks. I remember halfway into the second week I was there and um, he pulled down this gun from the top of the shelf. And I believe he showed me that to say that these are the kind of people that you're involved with. He told me not to worry. He said he knew a police officer. He knew somebody who works at the airport, and he knew a judge. So I guess I guess straight away what he was saying is that there's obviously corruption out there, and but they were waiting for the right time for me to go ahead. And as I say, the halfway through the second week, it was the only time I was ever taken out. He said, "Oh, we're going to take you out today," and we went driving, you know, up in the mountains in Trinidad and Tobago, beautiful country, Caribbean. I uh, got to see a bit of the country then, but I remember that they took me to this one place and it was uh, a tourist area where there was lots of cafes and lots, uh, lots of seated areas outside with tables and chairs and umbrellas, very packed, lots of people there. And uh, they pulled over and uh, he wound down the window. And of course, I was just sat there in the front passenger seat 
And I remember just having a little look around and scanning around. And as I looked at this one table, I noticed that a man looking straight in the car and I jumped and froze and I was so scared because I could see there and then a guy who I recognised. When I come in on my flight from the customs, uh, but then I realised, I thought, oh, they're showing me him. That's, what, that's what's going on there. I didn't say anything. After a while, they drove away. I remember that day we went to the beach and uh, I had a little swim and then we went back. Uh, and as I say, got to the end of the second week and they went, they said to me, it's still not good. There's still high, high police presence at the airport. You have to stay another week. And I just said to them, Look, I was supposed to be here for three days. I need to go home. I need to go home. Uh, they were okay with it because they'd been paid half of the money from the drug dealers. Uh, I remember he got me the tickets, took me to the um, to the airport, and on the way there, I remember we drove past the prison. And this isn't like a prison that I'd ever seen before. I mean, this looked like a concentration camp. It was like corrugated iron, barbed wire. It was. It looked horrible. And I just remember looking at this place and just thinking. Whoa, I was I was prepared to if I got caught to end up in a place like that. Um I remember being at the airport, I was checked in, they left me. Um I was sat there for probably about half an hour and the next thing that happened I had a tap on my shoulder and there was two plainclothes police officers behind me and they said, Airport please come with us and my stomach just turned over. Fear just just, just like, just went through all my body. But then I thought, it's okay, so I haven't got anything. Uh, they took me into a back room. They strip searched me. Um, I, I had a briefcase in my bag with me with a suit because when I was coming, coming back, I was going to make out that I'd been out there and I was looking for a job. Um, and I remember these police officers getting my bag. They were looking for something. They started cutting open little apartments on my bag. They took the briefcase out. They started cutting that, that out. And I just remember just thinking, oh, my goodness. Thank God I haven't got these drugs with me. Um, and I remember one of the police officers, he just he was shaking his hand, his head, and he went, me and I understand. And uh, when I got back home, I, I understood what had happened because in the council estate, probably where about three or four people knew that I was going out to do this drug smuggle, everybody knew in the area. Uh, everybody had been gossiping about it. And when, when you grow up on council estates and when you're around drugs and things like that, there's a lot of people who do anything to stab you in the back. People will smile to your face and make out that you're your friend, but really lots of people want to see your downfall. Uh, behind the scenes and um, I remember going home to see my mum after two weeks and she'd even found out that I'd gone out to do this drug smuggle and when I saw the look of my mother and the look of shock and worry and disgust on her face it broke me it did because I just could see the pain that I was not only causing myself but those who loved me around me as well and, and the only thing I knew what to do was just go and take more drugs just to cloud over the emotions. And uh, I remember then, oh my goodness, that woman 
when I went there with that tarot card, she told me that I was going to be in the Caribbean and it was going to be an enlightening experience. So, of course, I was just like, wow. And that just drove me even more into spiritualism and the occult. I really got involved in it because I thought there has to be something in this. I got involved in crystal healing, Reiki healing. I went on spirit communication boards. I went on Ouija boards, searching for answers. I remember having angel cards and just, just immersing myself in it, just searching for a way out. And all through this, just asking constantly in, in, in prayers to whoever, uh, sending masters, whoever they are, help me. Angels, help me. Like, help me get out of this addiction. And... Um, as I say, just immersed myself in everything, all the um, astrology, all, all kinds of things like that. As I say, I used to do a lot of shoplifting, so I used to steal so many of these um, spiritual books from these. these but I, I remember in, I had a bookshelf full of all New Age teachings and things like that, and um, testimony, testimonial books of mediums and messages they'd get, given and all these things, and I started to get involved, obviously, in Reiki healing. Um, and I used to, I was given by uh, one of the mediums, she got involved in it, and she, had bit, how it works is you, you kind of study and you meditate, and then you get to a certain level, and then they download these symbols, or they download the symbols by laying on of hands. So I was also given them, and I started to use them as a way of trying to heal myself. And I just started to see that it was just like, nothing's changing. I was going to the spiritualist church, and you'd see the same people going in there week after week, sitting in a healing circle, having a laying on of hands, and nothing's changing. And I really started to question things, and it was just like, what's going on, you know? It's just like, I mean, for all this kind of stuff, but yet I, I remain, I'm remaining a drug addict. I can't get out of it. And... um I was heavily involved into, into um, meditation and things, and I would have spiritual experiences. Um, I would meditate and, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd astral project. I would see visions, you know, as if I was flying over countryside and things like that. I would have visions of, um, how can I explain it? I would explain it like if you had, if you just saw a black screen and then somebody sh shone a silhouette on something, I would see it like that through my mind's eye of angels and, and things like that flying around and and light shining and stuff like that. And I remember this one day, I was in my bedsit, I, I, I'd opened up my chakras, which they, we believe were energy points in your body, uh, you ground yourself by by imagining roots coming out your feet and going down into the centre of the earth, funnily enough. Um, and, and I'd done this meditation. And this thing appeared before me. It was a demon. I tell you, when it appeared before me, it was as if somebody had got a heavy book and slammed it down next to me because the whole of the atmosphere around me went fud. I could feel it all through my through my body. I'll explain what it looked like. It had these huge lidless eyes. Its skin was like that of a snake because it was scaly, but it was black, the purest black, like you know. It had the nose of a gorilla, and and it had like a, a bone going through it, as if you might think of a witch doctor or something like that. But it had the mouth of a wolf with these really sharp teeth. 
I remember thinking if that thing bit me, it would tear me to shreds. And this thing looked at me and smirked and disappeared. And it shocked me out of my meditation. And I just went, whoa, what was that? That was pure evil. It made my blood run cold. It made the hairs from all over me just stand on end. And I just really started to contemplate and just think, what is going on like, you know? There is evil out there. You know, we, we turn on the news, we see evil going on all over the place. So if I'm believing that, you know, with the spiritualism and Buddhism and this, that, the other, that, yeah, we live and we die and we go to the spiritual realm, what happens to these things? Because that thing is not going to be anywhere near any spiritual realm. That was pure evil. And I just really started to contemplate and, and go over things and question things. And I remember a, another night a little, shortly after that where I remember I just, because I used to suffer with so much depression, I would cut like uh, things of landscapes out of magazines and stick them on my wall so I'd have things to look at, or look at to um, lift me out of my depression. And I remember this one that I had next to my bed and it was of a mountain with a, a purple sunset behind it. And I remember just looking at this picture and then all of a sudden, you noticed, it reminded me of, um, you know, in Brazil where the, uh, the the Jesus statue, where it's there with the arms arms out, this shadow come over on top of this, this mountain and, I, and it just reminded me of that statue in Brazil, although it was nothing of that. And uh, I remember thinking, that's Jesus. And I was like, whoa. And then all of a sudden, it was still a small voice. I, I heard, nobody comes to the Father except through me. I was thinking, and then again, nobody comes to the Father except through me. And I was just like thinking, oh, that's Jesus. Now, a lot started to happen again with, with drug dealers. I remember there was one guy who, I, at one stage, we used to kind of hang around together. I used to, because I used to work, washing pans, I'd get money, and they, they had no money, and I'd get a big 24-pack of cans and share it with people. And what happened is this lad started to deal in heroin. And um, I remember you'd have to, back in those days, use the telephone box and, and ask where they were to, to get your drugs, and they had £20 to, to so that I could get... Um, you know, my, my fix, just stuff. I weren't even taking drugs then to get any high from it. I was having it to stop myself from being ill. And um, phoned up, and they'd, they'd answer the phone and say, phone back in 10 minutes and put the phone down on you. 20p's gone. I phoned up again, another 20p's gone because, well, I'm not ready yet. Phone back in 10 minutes. And I remember going there, and I just said, oh, I'm 40p short. I'll pay you next time. And he went, no, no, you're not having it. You're not having it, like. And I, and I needed, I was ill. And I went, I pretended, I said, oh, all right. I, I pretended to get some more change out of me of a pocket and gave it to him and he gave me the drugs. And I remember he turned around and he was like, no, give it me back. Give it me back, you dirty, stinking, the N-word, the racist N-word, like. And um, I just walked off. And he said, I'm going to stab you up. I'm going to stab you up. And I remember I just got back to my bedsit and... A day later, I tried to phone up again, and, and he said to me, he said, he said, as soon as I see you, I'm going to stab you up. And I remember I got so frightened because I was in my flat, 
and I was really contemplating getting him first. And I thought, yeah, you're going to stab me. I'll get you first. Like, And it really scared me because I, I really chewed over it. And I was just really filled with, with hatred how he could do that just because I was 40p short. This one lad who I'd looked after and stuff. And because you're now dealing heroin, you think you're the big I am. And um, I remember I had this dream where I was about to um, get on a train. I packed my bag. And I was going to go away. And as I went to the train station, I was about to get on this train. This lad turned up and stabbed me in the back. And it, it, it was so real. I remember coming out of my dream and it felt like I could, it was like I could feel the pain in my back. So it was so real, this dream. And um, amazing, an amazing thing happened. A friend of my mother's lived in Newport, about two hours drive away from Coventry. And she was a born again Christian. And she had a dream that I was in a coffin. And she got up the next morning. She knew it was the Holy Spirit. She got in her car and drove all the way to Coventry to tell me about Jesus. And when she came to my bedsit, I remember initially when she told me about Jesus, I got offended. And I thought to myself, well, why am I feeling like this? I think it's because I've opened up a lot of doors to demons. So that's the truth of it. And... She told me about Jesus and how he'd um, come to the world, lived a perfect life, and died for us. Um, and if we believe in him, that he died and he rose again. He'd give us the Holy Spirit and uh, we'd become born again. And she told me about this dream. And obviously I'd had this dream. I knew I could just sense there was something foreboding, something bad was around the corner. So of course, as she told me about this dream and she got in a car, drove for two hours to come and tell me about Jesus. And she just said to me, Dean, she said, I'm going to give you the opportunity to come and stay with me and my family in Newport, get away from the area. She says, because this dream, I, it really affected me. And, and she's like, I feel that if you stay here, something bad's going to happen. And I was just like, I, I was like, I'm with you. There was such a weight be, be, behind the words. I just knew that that was a make or break time for me. And of course, as I said, you know, I'd, I'd really scared myself because I'd, I was being driven by fear to, to attack someone before they'd attack me. So I just grabbed that opportunity with both hands. I remember there and then she prayed for me. I accepted the Lord. I asked for forgiveness. I believed that you came into this world. Um, you died for me. I'm a sinner. Please, Jesus, come into my life. Help me to live for you. And there and then, when I opened my eyes, it was like everything in the room had got brighter. And for the first time in 10 years, I'd carried all this turmoil. It, it felt for 10 years that I'd walk around with this knot in my stomach. It was like, oh, I could breathe again. It was like this peace had flooded me but it wasn't an, out, an outward peace. It was a deep, centered peace that I'd never experienced in my life. And there and then I thought, wow, there is something in this. Wow. Uh, and I came out to uh, Newport to stay with her. And for the first couple of days, I was okay. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. And then the third day, the withdrawal hit me. And... This is why so many drug dealers, uh, drug, drug addicts 
um, run to, to drugs because the withdrawal, let me explain it. Usually um, your, your, your body produces melatonin in the pituitary gland. It's a hormone that's released and it's your natural sleep-wake cycle. But because you take heroin for so long, obviously it stops producing that hormone. So you cannot sleep. It feels like your head's empty, your muscles are, are, are cramping, you have hot and cold sweats, um, you've got diarrhea. Not only are that, but all, all, all memories and things that have happened, because you've clouded over your emotions, they come back tenfold. And things that you've done and stuff, it just hits you like, you know, and you're reliving them. Literally, 10 minutes can go past and it feels like an hour's gone. And this is why so many drug addicts are just like, I just can't cope because they just know we've we've never £10. They can just go and get a fix. But I'd moved away. I had a fresh start somewhere. And this is where I really started to see the Lord started to work because when the withdrawal symptoms would would get that bad that I couldn't cope with it. It was as if I just started to pray and say, Lord, I'm really struggling, please. And the withdrawal symptoms wouldn't go away, but something would wash wash over me and it was bearable. And what's really interesting is it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So, of course, during this time, I was in in a room um, going through my withdrawal, but I really, I could see that there was just like that, wow, there there is something changed here. I started to read the Bible. I started to listen to sermons and and worship music uh, and it really did it just started to really start to build me up and as I say as I started to pray those things when I when I was really struggling I, I started to see there'd been times so many times in the past where I tried to get past the withdrawal tried to get out of it and I just couldn't cope with it and I'd, I'd just I'd fail end up back there again uh, but I could really see that the Lord was with me and he was he was really um, just taking me through it. And I say that because there can be listeners here they may have family members who are drug addicts. Um, this could reach out to people who are suffering from addictions. God is no respecter of persons. If he's done it with me, he would do it with you. If you give your life to him, he will get you through. Um quite amazing because um as i say i started to read the bible and i think it was probably about the fifth day um i had this dream this is when i first started to get like a, a couple of hours sleep in the night and um i had this dream and it was amazing because in this dream all through my life i i had this dream uh, I remember it right from when I was a child, and I'd always have it, and it would always be the same wherever I go. Um, everything would be how it was in, in the house or, or in a bedroom or wherever. Everything was how it was. But what in this dream, 
it would remind me of uh, in the Lord of the Rings, you know, the ring wraiths, those like dark shadow figures in the, the big black hoods. And I could see this thing coming and I'd try and run away from it and I knew it, would be, it was evil and I'd get so far and then all of a sudden my legs would become heavy and I couldn't run anymore. And then I'd try and scream and, and, and nothing would come out of my mouth. And I'd wake up from this dream and it used to always affect me. Um, well, it started off just like that. But this time, it wasn't in a shadowy figure. Um, I could see what this thing was. And it was walking towards me. And I knew it was a demon. And I'll, I'll explain you what it looked like. It reminded me of a pimp. Um, cause it had these check trousers on and a long fur coat down to its knees. But it had little black horns coming out of its head. And it was walking towards me. And it was, it, it had this smirk on its face like, yeah, I'm going to get you. And this time, I stopped and I put my hand out as if a policeman would stop traffic. And I remember this demon looking at my hand and his eyes just went as wide as anything with fear. And then all of a sudden, I just heard this sound of wind coming around me like, And it come round me, and this demon just ran as fast as it, uh, fast away as it could. And I remember coming away around from this dream, thinking, "Wow!" And I, and I just remember chewing over this dream and praying about it. And I was thinking, "Why did it look at my hand and its eyes go like wide as anything?" And I really believe there is a scripture in the Bible where it says in one Corinthians chapter sixteen, verse nine. And it says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? And I really believe that when I put my hand out, this demon, because it was obviously in, in the spiritual realm where this, it had happened, I believe that it saw the mark, marks of the cross on my hand. Obviously, it's not me, but Christ lives in us because it was just very interesting. And I, I, I was praying about it, and I felt the Lord gave me that confirmation. That's why this demon's eyes went wide as anything. And, you know, and then, of course, in Acts, it said, uh, Jesus said that I have to go and to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And that when that Holy Spirit came, um, it came as the sound of a mighty rushing wind. So I remember, like, reading in, in the Bible and, and really starting getting into it and really really searching things out. And of course, when you read things like that and it confirms stuff that you're reading that is happening in your life, you just, I was just like, wow, this is incredible. With the Holy Spirit in your life. I'd read the Bible in school and things like that when, when I was younger and stuff and kind of go over it. But now, as I was reading it, it was like it came to life. It was almost as if... John, if I was to say to you, how can I, I would explain it like this. I don't know what you're thinking, but you do because you're in tune with your spirit. And I believe that's what happens when you give your life to the Lord and the Holy Spirit comes into your life. That Holy Spirit of God is within you, so it starts to teach you. It starts to open your eyes to the truth of the word and, and that which is in there. And the, the things that are in there are just absolutely incredible. I always say to people that, the Bible would not have stood the test of time. Um, when we see what, what is happening, um, 
we can see so much happening now and and do you know what this is another thing that really got me because during this time i remember this one day where i was been reading the bible and i was i was kind of thinking about things and i started to think uh, it was like this thought come over me oh you've been involved in buddhism and hinduism and spiritualism and you thought they were the truth what's to say christianity is the truth and I was contemplating that and thinking, yeah, well, I thought things were the truth. Well, what if it's not the truth? And do you know what? There and then, I realised I found the truth because something's now trying to keep me from it. Do you know what? In everything that I got involved in in the past, in all the New Age, in all the Buddhism, spiritualism, Hinduism, they came easy. They fell in my lap. Didn't have to work at them. But with Christianity, you have to work at it. There are doubts that come. Um, there's things that are trying to keep you away from getting in the words, reading the words. Um, it becomes difficult to pray. That become, you, you have to work at that. Uh, and these are things where, where it just cemented my faith because I just thought, I have found the truth because something there's a force trying to keep me out of it. There's been times where, you know, I'm trying to pray and then all of a sudden the phone's ringing or, you know, so many distractions come. I remember once, um, uh, a couple of years after uh, being saved, and uh, we went to Holland to see, visit my uncle. Uh, and he's quite into new age and, and healing. He's got a healing room. So, of course, I, I started to witness to him and tell him about my faith and what I'd found. And it was just me and him in the kitchen. And as soon as I started to talk to him about Christianity, my mum come in the kitchen, his son come in, and he started opening the doors, bang, bang, cutlery around, making noise. And it was like, even he looked at me and smirked as if to say, well, what's going on here? You know, it's things like that in the supernatural where it's like people are trying to distract you and keep you from the truth. So that, that really... Uh, got me and do you know one of them another massive truth that really got me is that with all the disciples when Jesus was um, caught by the um, by the Romans every one of them fled in fear but after the crucifixion when Jesus was resurrected after the third day hallelujah and he appeared to them each and every one of those disciples went to their deaths bar one of them. Some of them had horrific deaths when you look at it. They had met with a resurrected Christ because they, they laid down everything, even their very lives, because they knew they'd found the truth. And this is the thing that I would say to people is that, do you know what? I see so many people, there are people uh, and believers, people in my family still don't believe as well, which is very frustrating. But but I, I continue to pray. Um, and, and I just see, do you know what? The wages of sin is death. This is one of the major things uh, to know that we're, we're in a sinful world. Uh, and that is one of the evidences is that we've all got a date with death. There's going to be a day where... You know, it's appointed to man wants to die and after this, the judgment. And I would say if you were an unbeliever, you must put your trust in Jesus Christ. 
when I, I look back to how things were when I was in the gang and I used to think to myself, oh, well, they're my friends, you know, oh, yeah, do you know what? If one of them got hurt or caught in a fight, I'd be there for them. And then I look at what Jesus done for me. It, it makes me shudder sometimes because I just look back and just think there's so many times where I could have ended up. I, I look at that time when I tried to commit suicide and I just think, by God's grace and by his hand on that was on me, if that had happened, I'd, I'd be in hell now. I'd be in a lost eternity. There are so many people now who are suffering from depression, so many people who got mental health. There's so much going on in the world. I just say to you, you must put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ because once we, we, we come into this world, we have an eternal soul. We will live forever, but where we live forever depends on what we do with Jesus Christ. Do we accept his gift of salvation or do we carry on saying, no, I'm the God of my life. I'm the one that wants to be in control. I look at what Jesus done. He lived a perfect life. He was without sin. And when I look at what he went through on the cross for me and for the wrong things that I've done, breaks my heart because he was perfect and he did nothing but he died and he went through such a horrific death the Romans when you think just before crucifixions when it says in the Bible that they pulled out his beard and they beat him the Roman soldiers they used to hit people so hard because they'd try and break their necks because then they'd get the next six hours off from work. The Romans were brutal in, in what they do. They were masters of death. And you think of the crucifixion. When it says he was scourging his wits, their, their whips they used, they used to have portions of bone at the, end of them, at the end of the whip. So when he was being whipped, it would literally rip out chunks of flesh. And when you think that he, he carried the cross and he died for me, because of the wrong things that I've done. I, believe me, I've been there lying in my bed, racked with guilt over the things I've done in my life. And I think while he was on there, he took in the sin of the world. He took in everything. And that's something that, that, that just, it, it's, it's just, oh, it just blows my mind. Every murder that had been that's been committed, every se sexual act, every rape, all those things that have all happened through human history, taken into his body, took on sin, and it, it was that was at the time the father had to turn his face away because he couldn't look on it, and that's when Jesus said, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" When you think of the pain and the suffering that he went through at that moment, and I just think. As they say, the wages of sin is death. We have to put our trust and our faith in Jesus. That is someone you want to follow. Because I'm telling you, what an amazing and good God he is. And, and there's going to be a day that's coming soon where it's going to do away with all this. It's going to wipe, wipe away the suffering. And it's going to be amazing. And just, you just think, wow, what have we got in this life? People run after careers or money or, you know, oh, try and do this, try and do that. And it's for such a short time. 
you know, 78 years. Many people don't even get that. People are dying in their, in their 20s, you know, things like that. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. No one is promised tomorrow. We need to put our trust and faith in Christ Jesus. I remember probably about four months after um, being in Newport that I started to get used to living in reality. It was a slow process, but during that time I really sought the Lord and started to read the Word and build myself up. And uh, a friend of my mother's, Paula, she had a ministry called Women in Need, and she used to work with prostitutes. And um, she said to me, Dean, why don't you come into the office with me today? And I did, and I, went, I remember going into the office, and I remember sitting there in her office, and I picked up a leaflet, and it said Teen Challenge. And I, I could see, you know, on, on the leaflet, someone with a with a, a syringe and things, and I remember looking through, and I was like, oh, what's this here, Teen Challenge? And she said, oh, Teen Challenge, they're a, a ministry, and they, they work with drug, ed- drug addicts. And where she worked in her office, it was like... Um, a long uh, office complex, so it had a few offices. And she said to me, why don't you go and speak to them? They're in the next office. I went, oh, that's handy, like, you know, yeah. So I got off my chair and went to, and I remember there was a whiteboard on the wall, and it was as if it jumped off the wall. It was like one of those where, um, it reminds me, I'll tell you, remember the film Jaws, where he sat there, and they, they, Jaws attacks and, and the, the, the camera zooms in on his face, the reality that there's a shark attack. I, it just come to my mind then. It was like that. It was like the board just went vroom. And it said, we are looking for ex-drug users to go into schools to speak about their drug experiences. And I knew that was me. That was what I had to do. And I started to work for Teen Challenge. Um, Teen Challenge is an amazing ministry. Uh, founded by David Wilkerson in 1961. Uh, many believers may, may know about this um, famous story, The Cross and the Switchblade. Um, it started in, uh, uh, Feb- uh, on the, in February the 9th, 1958, I think it was. Uh, David Wilkerson was in prayer. He, he, he had set a time aside to really seek the Lord. And during this time, there was a copy of Life magazine in his home, and he picked it up. And and in there, there was an article where there were seven gang members and they were on trial in New York City because they'd killed a 15-year-old polio victim in a park. And he he read this article and it broke him and and he cried out to God saying, God, please help these gang members who are getting caught up in gangs and... And he felt the Lord say, you go and help them. So he went out there to this place in New York. Um, But yeah, famous story, crossing the switchblade. And absolutely amazing uh, what he accomplished for the kingdom. Um, Now there is over 1,400 accommodation centers in over 125 countries worldwide. Um, They work with rehabilitation and it's centered around... um, uh, biblical teaching while they're in there so if anybody is out there they come across this or believers who have um, um, family members struggling with addictions look into that I, I would highly recommend it um, as I said God's no respecter of persons get away from everything 
have a fresh start, hand your life over to the Lord, and I promise you he will set you free from the addiction and the pain that you're in. There is an amazing uh, book that that David Wilkerson wrote. uh, It's called The Vision and Beyond. I think it was released in 2003, and and set a trumpet to thy mouth. Um, They they were two visions that that he'd received from the Lord of things that were to come, uh, the vision and beyond. Uh, it was amazing when you when you look through um, and read that of what what's happening, um, and you know you could listen to some of his sermons today. A call to anguish, you know, he was a man very much really carried the burden for the lost, and you know used to lock himself away in the prayer closet just praying for that people would find the Lord. And you know what, you can listen to some of his sermons today, and they'll speak right into your circumstance today. Amazing. Um, yeah, so, um, it was, um, an amazing opportunity to kind of get involved in Tame Challenge and I started to work in a living free center and I remember it was really scary because I remember sat there and some drug addicts come in and I remember freezing because I was like, it was like seeing myself. Um, but I really felt the Lord guiding me and directing me for that just by making myself available. It just felt like, and then a voice saying, just, it's okay, I still know the name, kind of really guided me through. And uh, not only that, it really built me up, being able to put my experience to helping others. Um, I got to go into schools and teach children about the dangers of drugs just by saying, well, look, do you know what? You know, back in the 80s, there was a, a just say no campaign. But of course, when you're rebellious, you want to try these things, isn't it? You know, you want to try the rebellious things. And uh, so I went in, went in there saying, you know what, this is where it started. It was great fun. This is where it led me to. And you could hear a pin drop because, um, you know, I mean, it's just so prevalent in today's society, drugs, isn't it? So many people getting involved in them. Um, do you know, where am I now? Uh, 17 years later, I'm married. I've got two children. Um, I just want to quickly revisit the spiritual, the spiritism thing um, because it's massive in this day and age. So many people, you know, getting into tarot and wanting to, wanting to have their cards read and things like that. And it says in um, Deuteronomy, Chapter 18, verse 10, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. Uh, the reason why I say that is because obviously being involved in it, what happens is, is when you go and see a medium, um, they are consulting with familiar spirits. So these are demons. So in the spiritual realm, they, they know things uh, that, about your life, things that you would think, well, no, how does that person know that about me? They don't know. But we, li- we live in a physical realm, but the spiritual realm is the thing that's most real and which will last more real and um what this does is it opens up doors to demonic forces to come in your life and 
not only not only is the reason why it's an abomination is because they can cause things to happen and negative things to happen. And what it is is you're giving these demons right in, rights into your life. So that's why um, it's an abomination. So I just say that. Um, when we look at um, 2, Tim, 2 Timothy, um, it says that... Um, in the end, in the end time. Sorry, let me just quickly, quickly turn to it in the Bible because I want to quickly get, I want to get it right rather than paraphrasing. Um, perilous times and perilous men. But know this: that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving slanderers, without self-control, brutal. Am I still there, John? Am I still with you, John? John, can you still hear me? Hey, John, can you still hear me? Okay, hold on. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. I, I don't know where I cut uh, off okay. there. Okay, great. Yeah, where, you're, where sound, you're sounding off? good. I talking about? Yeah. yeah, you're sounding good. Okay, where was I, where I cut off, sorry? I was so fumbling with all the buttons. Hold on, I got to get my headset off. I was still fumbling around trying to get my uh, systems here so I could talk to you that I, I forget now. I, I know that okay, you were no in the worries. midst of the teen challenge, I, and you were you were kind of coming to the end of the teen challenge story. And oh oh oh, and then you went into the um, the uh, the familiar spirits and oh yes okay okay that they're okay. an abomination. Yes, yeah, right. So, so, so I, I've just turned to a scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and it says, perilous times and perilous men. Um, it's very telling of the times we're in now. He says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And they say that, 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 that um, people having a form of godliness, people so much, you know, that they're, they're into tarot or they're into praying to the universe and all this new age beliefs that are going on. That is speaking into that. They, they, they have a form of godliness or spirituality, but they deny its source, its true power. Um, and that's why I say that. Um, I, I say as well, in the Bible, it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 to 6, believe, Beloved, sorry, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. 
Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Um, do you know what? We, we are in the last last days. Um, you know, we, we can just look at what's going on in the world. Um, it says, as it was in the na- days of Noah, so shall it be at the end. And we can look at what's happening now in the world. There is so much um, that is being orchestrated by governments and by nations and, and powerful leaders. Um, you, you've only got to look at uh, the back of the, um, the, the, the dollar note, uh, order tempo orealis, order out of chaos. And what, what they are doing is they are breaking down the old system to create a new. They want to bring about order out of chaos. So there is so much that is going on. We've got harp weather manipulation that is happening. We've got the rise of technology and artificial intelligence. Um, what we've got to remember is that some of the technology that we're seeing now there is hidden technology that has been hidden away from us that is 20 to 30 years more advanced. Um, you can look at Project Bluebeam where they can um, um, put holograms and things in in the sky. Um, we've got the Great Race Set. You know, obviously with all this, the, the pandemic, um, I remember if we turn to the Bible, the disciples said um, to Jesus, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no one deceives you. Many will come, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. And you will be hated for my name's sake. And, and, and do you know what? People could say, oh, well, those things have always happened, but they are happening more and more in frequency and intensity. You can look at what's going on with CERN and the Large Hadron Collider. Um, There's they talk about uh, in Revelation 9-2, where the, the opening of the bottomless pit, because they'll say that they're scientists and they're just basically, um, you know, kind of smashing atoms to try and recreate the Big Bang. But when you when you look deep into what they're doing there, um, Geordie Rose, who's uh, who's into quantum computing and parallel universes and he's involved in all this, um, he actually said, I'll quote his words, he said that there are super intelligent aliens which are coming to Earth these things that we're summoning they're not evil they are entities they're not necessarily aligned with what we want he actually said that um and and i say this because while i was at the spiritualist church um a teaching that was happening there they were saying that there is coming a harmonic convergence and what they were saying is that we are entering a highly spiritual time and there are a lot of spiritual, highly evolved beings that are coming coming into the, the earth. Uh, they're star children and rainbow children. And what these are, are these are highly evolved spiritual being, beings who've had many, many past lives. And they're coming to help humanity, humanity 
go forward so that we can all be uh, evolve spiritually and do you know what that was 18 years ago they were saying that in the spiritualist church so if they were saying that then and what and what they also said was is that what what was going to happen is that they were going to take a, a lot of people back to the spirit realm who were holding but who were holding back the progression of humanity and it wasn't until i become a christian obviously studying the bible obviously i went back and, and revised and thinking about that teaching that they were giving and i'm thinking wow they're explaining away the rapture there and that was 18 years ago you know so if they were they were teaching those things back then there's, there's many other things that, that that show where we are in the end times um the rise of sexual immorality the lgbtq agenda uh it's lgbtq plus and the plus is pedophilia uh, behind the scenes governments are fighting to make pedophilia legal saying that it's a sexual orientation which is horrific so this is one of the massive things um that shows where we are because of what's happening with the sexualize, sexualizing of children, you know, and I just think gods cannot stand back and look look back at the attack on the innocence of children. You know, he said himself, you know, uh, suffer not the children to come unto me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And um, you know, you can we see what's going on there. What what was interesting is that. Um, I, I, um, when I was at school, I, I went on uh, the Jim Will Fix It show. Um, uh, he, he was, it was a guy called Jimmy Savile, and what he used to, there was a program where he'd, people would write in and say, Jim, can you fix me to do this? And you know, like dreams, and he'd fix it. And um, obviously, it come out um, further on that he was a massive paedophile he was involved in all kinds of things and that came out after his death um but i say this because i remember when we went to the studios and uh what happened we went on as a whole class from our form uh we, our teacher phoned in because she said oh can can you fix it for my form to line up properly they, they look like something out of the bash street kids so we went on to Jim Will Fix It and we had an army drill by the Royal Marines. And of course we went to the studios. And I remember halfway through filming and things like that that uh, a few of us went off to the toilets, you know, they have the portal cabins and stuff in the studios. And I remember while we were in there that um, we, we were all like really angered because uh, Jimmy Savile came with some bouncers, but the bouncers come in first and got a load of us and heavy-handedly bundled us out of the toilets. And of course, it's not until you look back knowing what you know now, it just makes you think, wow, those bouncers are probably saying, quick, get out of here, like, you know, because, um, you know, he's got his own studio, you know, why, why has he got to come to, like, you know, everybody else's portaloos and things like that? And I say that because... Um, you know, with what's gone on with Jeffrey Epstein and what's really riling me now is with what's going on with Prince Andrew and and, and the knowledge that's going on. Uh, these people in power, we need to be careful thinking that our governments have our best interests at heart because people in power, where they are, 
at such a time as this, where we are so late in the day, and many of them are Satanists, Freemasons, and um, they are serving the God of this world. Um, we're going to see a lot brought out on climate change, uh, but the Bible even says that the earth is crying out for the return of the Son of Man. Um, just go back again to um, you know the alien agenda. Um, it's massive in Hollywood. There's a lot of subliminal programming. They're coming out there saying that we, you know, we've seen UFOs and things like that. So there is so much that is happening that is, but more than anything, uh, I think we need to keep our eyes on Israel. Um, obviously, with what's going on now with Russia, um, it's all about getting things ready um, in land so that will be in control because you, we can look in the Bible that, um, you know, Gog and Magog, um, and, you know, what Russia are aligned with Iran and Turkey. And uh, I, I really believe this will lead on soon towards the Ezekiel 38 war. It says in the Bible that Damascus will become a ruinous heap, which is in, in Syria. And Israel have been bombing Syria because, of course, they're, they're moving missiles and things in there because they want to eventually attack Israel and, and, and put your bottom dollar on it. Putin's got his eyes on Israel as well because of their natural gas reserves. Um, but you know what? We just take comfort because, it, as it says in Isaiah, it says that, um, that, that the Lord will draw out the enemies with a hook in their mouth uh, and, and he will laugh at them. God is in control. Yes, we pray. We pray for, for believers and that people will come uh, to know. But we, we're in a day and age as well where we can see as well lots going on in churches. We can see that there's a falling away. Um, you know, I've been involved as well. Um, my first coming into Christianity where I got involved in the uh, prosperity gospel uh, and the signs and wonders. And I just think we need to be very careful. We need to be praying for the fear of the Lord, um, walking in humility. Because um, I just look at uh, the scripture, it says how, how we turn, from, turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God, um, to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. And... Um, yeah, time is short. We really need to be in prayer, staying close with the Lord. Um, I think with all this thing with the pandemic, what this has done is it's got people looking on a worldwide scale. We're, we're all in this together, you know, kind of thing. Um, what's interesting is it says in Revelation chapter 18, verse 23, for your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by their sorcery all the nations were deceived. And the Greek word for sorcery is pharmakeia, uh, where we get the, the pharmaceuticals from. Um, so there is lots going on, lots happening. Um, but this should just draw us closer. I know it's so hard for believers. As we see darkness rising, we see so much happening. Um, but what we need to do is just think, Thank you, Lord, because, you know, he's holding back because he's he, he's saving people. And, you know, there could be people listening now who's got unsaved loved ones. 
and we just remember, you know, pray without ceasing, as it says in Thessalonians. It doesn't mean don't stop praying. It just means don't stop believing in those things that you're praying for. Maybe uh, there's people out there who hear this who's getting really disheartened because they've got loved ones who are suffering from addictions. And I just hope that I can be an encouragement that, you know, that your loved one too may one day be just like me. As I say, God is no respecter and he hears the prayers of his people and he's still saving people. Um, just a couple of months ago, um, we'd come quite friendly with a girl and, and got to speak to her about things that are happening. She gave her life to the Lord and the whole family come to the Lord. And do you know what? While we're struggling and we're waiting for the return of the Lord, think of people like that and take yourself back to that time just before you got saved and think, well, yeah, well... In, Instead, let's think of those people that the Lord's still bringing before, before that time, before that wrath that's coming, the tribulation periods around the corner. I don't know, what, you know where it is, but you know we can look um, at uh, what it says in the Word. And uh, since Israel become a nation, um, that uh, an, um, a generation shall not pass before. Um, and I think we're you know from 1948. So we're looking at like, you know, we, we, we're halfway in the 70-year mark. Look at a generation between 70 to 80 years. Time is short. Time is short. And, uh, yeah, we just really need to just just stay close to the Lord at this time. Um, see a lot going on with the churches where there is a lot of ear-tickling words and just, um, it just makes me think that we've just got to be so careful getting the words get in prayer uh, and um, yeah and just hold fast to the faith really um, so yeah I just wanted to kind of give a little bit of a general overview and and just kind of just encouragement um, talk about where we are at this time um, and yeah I, I hope that I've been an encouragement and it's been a great privilege to be able to share my testimony with you Praise God. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, yes, it has been very encouraging. As a matter of fact, uh, the verses that the Holy Spirit placed on your heart to um, quote as you were going through the final wrap-up of your testimony were all, um, you know, scriptures that um, I've been personally dwelling upon and uh to hear them from you uh was just it just awesome and i know that other people out there needed to hear them as well um because you're right uh there's you know it, we you know we could do a full inventory of all the creepy weirdness that's going on around the world which is something that this program has been focusing on for over 11 years but what's happening today is on an order of magnitude greater, more impactful, and global in scope, and that is brand new. You know, God is in control. I know that you know that. He's in control of Satan. Yeah. I know you know that. And this is the first time that I have seen in, you know, I was you know baptized in the Holy Spirit at the age of nine. This is the first time that I have seen our Heavenly Father lift his hand of protection planet. Yeah. 
And that mm. is, you can have as many blood moon tetrads as you want to have, but that to me mm. is, is at bar none the most significant shift in where we are in the end times timeline that has occurred in my lifetime. Uh, and now, potentially, we're seeing the realization of a second phase or a second iteration of that shift uh, occurring, potentially occurring in the Ukraine. But it's uh, it's highly manipulative. It's being run yeah. by, in fact, terrors that are entities of the devil that are that are you know very hard for you know as, as you know a tear is uh, you know it's not a wheat. It looks like a wheat. Hmm. It's planted there by Satan, uh, but it isn't. It isn't human, and we're we're dealing yeah. with entities that look like us, that are on the earth, that are manipulating the power centers of the earth right now. And thus far, thus far, God has not changed it. I mean, tens of thousands of Christians in the United States getting together in stadiums, and what are they praying for? Donald Trump to save them. I don't think that's going over real well. I don't don't think, I don't see the throne room of God being pleased that there are tens of thousands of Christians, maybe even more hundreds of thousands maybe, that are gathering together across the United States praying that Donald Trump will come back into office and save them. I'm pretty sure that doesn't wash real good with the Father in the throne room. No. Um, You know, our eyes are supposed to be on Jesus, and I just don't see that happening. That's not what's happening in the world. And, and, you know, you don't put your faith in a king, okay, as the Bible would put it. And certainly, if you look at what's going on here in this country, which I am beyond certain is, in fact, the biblical Babylon the Great, uh, and the way that it yeah. manipulates other countries, and you know, hegemonistically, if there is such a word, and, and it's in its totalitarianism. It's not that there aren't other countries mm. that are joining in, but... It invariably, it always appears when you look, you know, under the blankets that the United States is the ultimate instigator of all things in the name of democracy, uh, you know, uh, which ultimately leads to what? War or a war action somewhere mm. in the world on behalf of our version of what we think is democracy. And, um, and it's been going on forever. The creation of NATO, yeah. all that stuff, NATO encroaching on yeah. the Ukraine. We wouldn't even be having the Ukraine situation right now if it wasn't for the United States created and sold in systems that are given to NATO yeah. or sold to NATO, sold to NATO to generate revenue, which was a big thing yeah. to Donald Trump. That's why Donald Trump was so hard on the NATO nations. He wanted their money. Yeah. For for the military equipment that the United States had given NATO for each one of the NATO countries, and that's why he was all up in arms about it, because they were behind on their payments. But the NATO equipment, these missile systems that are literally rode by an untold number are across the uh, eastern border of the NATO nations are literally encircling Russia. They're within range of Moscow. 
you know, it's a miracle that Russia hasn't launched ICBMs yet. And 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 we're, the whole world is being manipulated right now. It's just like that movie from 1997. I don't know if you've seen it, but it was called Wag the Dog. We're, we're actually seeing that movie, which obviously at this point is highly prophetic, taking place on the mm-hmm. world stage. And, yeah. and and Trump is and Trump is publicly stating to the world, oh well, you know, way to go Zelensky, you know, way to be such a hero, you know, way to do this, way to, and I and I say to myself, wait a minute, Donald Trump do something about the fact that the Ukrainian Nationalist Army were slaughtering men, women, and children in Donbass, Donetsk, and Lugansk. For over eight years, mm. and he never yeah. did a single thing about it. And now he's no. congratulating Zelensky. So there's there's something awry, and I think to your point, I think one of the most poignant points that you made was that we really just kind of need to draw back away from it and put all of our yeah. focus in on our prayer lives, Jesus. Uh, you know, because when we allow ourselves, and I'm speaking for myself here, when we allow ourselves to be emotionally affected, yeah. and there's, you know, you might say it's a good thing to take the red pill because you're a weight very heavy burden. So when Jesus said, yeah, you're entering into the beginning of sorrows, he wasn't joking. Yeah. You know well, what I'm well, saying? Really this is Mm, yeah, I really believe this is where we partake in the sufferings of Christ, um, because you know we, we see how much more does, does does God feel when He's seeing these things happening all over the world, all at once. Um, so we we partake in that suffering. We see the re, the rejection of God. We we see people just getting more and more um, just given over to the spirit of Antichrist. Um, we see these things happening, but we as believers must abide in this in this time, abide in Christ, and we have to wait on Him um, during this time. Be about the work, letting people know. Yes, we suffer in the sense of, you know, as I say, I've got family members still who um, just haven't just given their life over to Christ, and the times so much is happening. It's all there. It's all written. It's all playing out, and. Um, yeah, we just we just got to be busy about about doing that and making sure that our life is right as well, um, so that we're not caught out in sin, um, that we're working in purity and holiness, um, and that we're we're busy about the Lord's work, because it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, and we've all got that appointment. Um, so yeah, we, we we need to be about God's business in prayer, and. Um, God's God is in control and he's doing amazing things. Yeah, well said. Praise God. Yes, amen. And I cannot tell you how grateful I am. I know it's in the middle of the night there and uh I just want to say Yeah, ten to three now. Yeah, I got world clocks yeah, I got world clocks all over my computer here, so I'm I'm watching your time and I <laughs> And I, I, I've actually called into the show one time I was in Germany, so I totally get it. But anyway, 
God bless you, Dean. Thank you so much for sharing such a powerful testimony. And your conclusions are absolutely, I mean, I don't know how else to put it, except they are anointed. Um, and we all need to embrace it. Um, we we got to be careful what we let into our heads because it'll it'll suck you into this whirlwind of sometimes maybe a version of self-pity or whatever the case may be, which mm-hmm. is very dangerous. I know it happens yeah. to me sometimes. And we, we just got to yeah. spend more time in prayer and uh, and disconnect a little bit. And, you know, like you said, stay about the Father's business because I really think we're drawing up. Uh, uh, on on that last on the very end of the last chapter of of the time that we're going to be here. So, God bless you so much, and thank you for joining us tonight. And and to anybody, any any one of you that's listening to the podcast, we're we're past the live stream right now, so we're about to get uh, kicked <laughs> kicked out by Block Talk Radio. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, but anyway, God bless you all. Thank you all for joining us tonight. It's uh, Sunday, February the twenty seventh. And Lord willing, I hope I can get the uh, studio equipment working again properly. Uh, We will see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m., Lord willing. Thank you all for joining us, and thank you, Dean. Power for money. God bless you. Thank you. It's been a blessing. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Amen. All right. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you Wednesday, and please say a prayer and get things working again. All right, God bless you, and, and for everything. You know, pray for each other, folks, because now's the time. Lean in. Physician, heal thyself. Uh, that, you got to get that right before you start, you know, going about your father's business. So spend time in prayer. Be on your knees. Pray for love to overflow. Uh, pray for godly sorrow to enter. Confess of your sins continuously. Mm-hmm. This, isn't, this isn't once a week. This is a continuous thing, and and just mm-hmm. constantly be in a state of self uh, examination, self-judgment, uh, you know, as it says in 1 Corinthians mm-hmm. uh, 11, uh, verses 31 and 32, this is how, this is part of our walk. We're never going to be perfect. It is God's righteousness, but our effort is absolutely mandatory. God bless you all. We'll see you Wednesday night, Lord willing. Thank you, Dean. Thank you for joining us. Amen. God bless. I shall bless. lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.